What's going on, Radio Frizz fan listeners? Before we begin the podcast, I do want to let you know at the end of this podcast, we do have an interview with powerful Brennan over at BB Miniatures and the Pro Palette. That's going to be the painting course that I've been taking classes at. Uh, that'll be at the end of this podcast. And if you want to take the same course I'm taking, uh, there is a discount code called Turning Pro RFI. For the Pro Palette, that'll give you half off of your first month with a BB Miniatures, the Pro Palette. I uh, just want to let you guys know before we start the podcast. Appreciate you guys. Catch you later. This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio First Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 153 of the Radio First Fan Podcast, a Horse Heresy Wargaming Podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Derek here. Go say what's going on, Derek. Uh, double up. Uh, uh. Love it, love it. We also have a guest once again. Go say what's going on, Tyler. What's going on, man? Powerful Tyler at that. Uh, we have a very special episode planned for you guys. Uh, we are going to not only go over some thoughts on the new Decurians, Decurian guys. Love them. Uh, Derek got some games and we're going to talk about some games including some drop pod, uh, talk, right? Oh yeah. I did some, uh, did some labbing, did some working fucking got some, got some thoughts on that. I think we're going to hear about some kill team stuff from powerful Tyler over here. And then, uh, very late in the episode, we are going to continue on with our fabricators of the heresy. Uh, it could be one of two, so I'm not going to announce it, but you will hear, I believe it's going to be, you know, we won't even talk about it. We got some, you will see it in the show notes, but it's going to be one of two that we're going to have today. So, uh, at the end of this, we'll have a, uh, we'll have an interview with, uh, fabricators of the heresy. So, yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So it's going to be a great episode. So first off, before we get too deep into this episode, I did want to once again, pimp our discord, right? Bruh. If you are not in the discord, (laughs) you are missing out. It's been a blast, man. I the the wife has been on to me. <laughs> I've been Look, hanging out with yeah. her a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might have, I might have got done talking to you about that too. <laughs> so here's the thing, guys. Uh, once again, all right. First off, let me just once again we have a Discord for Radio Freest Fan, which I mean we've talked about it in the past few episodes. I get it if you're not a big Discord person, if you don't understand all the different channels. I get it, man. When I it is very confusing at first. It's a completely different type of social media. Yes. It's its own browser, honestly. Pretty That's, much. Yeah. But like when I look at social media and I'm like, okay, what is this kind of meant to replace? It's like, okay, well this is meant to be like a Facebook for people who don't like having their parents on their Facebook (laughs) (laughs) to me, discord kind of replaces the old school, like, like internet forums. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like you have a forum for different like websites, just the same way you have different, you know, uh, discord channels and those all have their own separate, like subcategories with their own different topics and things like that. And you can't even make threads now with inside the channels, which gets even deeper. That, That just makes it feel a little more like a forum. 
So, so just so y'all are out there, you know, like, obviously I'm going to keep pimping this discord and not because like, I want you to understand I'm not pimping the discord because I want to have a giant discord. I'm not doing that. No, no, that managing a discord is, is it's a lot. Okay. We're, we're, we're pimping it because there's it's, a lot of cool stuff coming out of it. It is probably one of the fastest growing community. Like we've been doing this, uh, this podcast, like we, you know, we were a lot bigger in the past and we've, at the time it was kind of, Facebook Messenger, like, was very happy to have Messenger, like, mm-hmm. that level of community where everybody's talking and sharing their stuff. This is so much more org- organized than the Facebook <laughs> oh, Messenger yeah. group was for the Crusader host. It is a, a completely different experience now, and I think probably one of the biggest things that's changed it is going to be the Hobby Hangout. Yeah, that's been a complete game changer. Uh it, it takes boring boring nights of painting and not wanting to paint to hanging out with friends and hang you know you get to see what everybody else is working on and it motivates you to do new models or whatever you want to do yeah it's like i'll be oh i'll be talking to somebody in the discord let me check with that oh there's like four people chilling in the hobby hangout right now two of them are sharing their streams and they're <laughs> all like watching something on youtube together uh maybe i go sit, sit down at my desk and get some hobbying done it is definitely a change the way i hobby uh, and I think, you know, <laughs> everybody's got this <laughs> this hover cam now, you know. We pimped out this hover cam that this like is like school was selling or whatever totally 50 bucks. Not affiliated with. And just everybody's got like high re- like we we boosted the Discord all the way so it's like everybody's got high def screen screens going on, streams going on. <laughs> and so it's like you hop in you can paint your miniatures with everybody. You could watch somebody else paint miniatures because you have downtime when you're painting your miniatures, right? Stuff has to dry. You have to switch models. You got to clean out your brush. And in that time, you just get to talk about Star Wars, talk about your list or whatever, you know, just watch somebody else doing something else. And, you know, it seems like there would be these like these dull moments of like nobody's in there. Like maybe, you know, people are getting tired of streaming their stuff. But the fact that, you know, this podcast is international, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. You've got like, you know, people from Australia that hop in there and like it's like day- daytime for them when it's two o'clock in the morning for you. So at any time you hop in there, somebody's going to see you in there and somebody's going to just jump in and talk to you and hang out. And then it's just. Oh, yeah. It, 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 you know, that at just that by itself, it's like one of those things where it's like. That is probably one of the biggest benefits of the Discord, but there's also there's the food group, right? There's, there's so much knowledge you're gonna be missing out on, like the work in progress. I mean, getting tips. Um, you mean you can go to them and you have a hive mind of painters ready at your disposal oh, on yeah. what you should do on things. Yeah, definitely the work in progress group, or I guess I'm sorry, the work in progress. Uh, it's not a, a group; it's a channel. a channel. The work in progress channel, the 3D printing channel, the food channel. Uh, the we just started up a uh, a new channel called um, Citizens. Uh, oh, Citizen Soldier. Citizen, yeah, Citizen Soldier. Yeah, playtesters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For playtesting missions. So we have different missions inside that group, and if if you're a listener of this podcast and you have a mission that you want tested out, send it to us and we'll put it in there. And it's just additional missions that people can play and we will, they will provide you feedback to those missions. It is crazy. We put, I think we have three missions in there right now. 
Yeah, we got a few of them in there. And the amount of critiquing. Those channels are popping. Oh, absolutely. There's always something you will have missed, an interaction you never thought of. And this is getting more eyes on it, more people who are like, hey, so this came up uh, in a game I played a week ago. I think it would come up here and be really important to keep in mind. Yeah, it is a fantastic way to get your missions play tested before, you know, if you have an event coming up, you want to make sure this mission is going to work. You throw it in there. Everybody can see it. They'll give you feedback, critique on it, and we will keep that uh, that mission pinned to the top for you so that uh, we can make sure the latest mission is up there. And it's been working out pretty well. Tons of critique. I mean, I've seen like some of those missions that are on um, like hundreds and hundreds of comments based on it. So, oh, yeah. Uh, definitely, I just want to pimp that. Once again, like I said, I'm not pimping it to have a big giant Discord. I am yeah. pimping it so that you get the most out of this community. Yeah, we, we really don't get a lot out of it for engagement. <laughs> like, I don't think we get any kind of kickback in any way other than just the benefit of having that community. Yeah, yeah. You will have a good time in the community. I'm here, so you have a good time. Michael just <laughs> casually educating people on conscious. <laughs> yes. Hey, man. Hey, that was a solid, solid hobby hangout. Was Oh, dude, that was, yeah. The Australians had no idea. He was like, what is that? That looks incredible. I uh, Just so everybody knows on the podcast, uh, there is a local place in town <laughs> called Los Conchas who makes these things. The Mexican treat called a... Pandoche. Pan dulce or pandoche. Pretty sure it's dulce, isn't it? Dulce? Yeah. Dulce? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I had to make sure I had to. Sweet bread. <laughs> Tyler is also Mexican. So like I, I am white. <laughs> but Derek is right about a lot of stuff. <laughs> Sometimes Derek's more Mexican than I am. <laughs> so, yeah. So, pandoce. And then empanadas. And, dude, like, so me and my dad, five in the morning, we're there. Oh, yeah. Getting these. And, uh, uh, in one of the hobby hangouts, I'm like, let me throw, let me put you on to some stuff. And <laughs> if I, ex- you know, if you don't know, you better learn. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was showing it off to the Australians what that was. Dave was like, damn, I got to find somebody up here with the the, the link, <laughs> <laughs> dude. You know what's crazy? And and here's here's something interesting. So we have the food channel, right? We have the food text channel, and. I can't believe I'm saying this right now. We have this food like channel and like there's stuff that's like all over. Like there's international stuff that you look at and you're like, I don't know what the f- that is. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Like I post it up cause I've, I've heard and like, and I've seen anywhere like North of Oklahoma, uh, breakfast taquitos are not a thing. Yeah. Like just breakfast burritos, not happening, right? Like we're used to them. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel sorry for them. like you can get it. That's one of the four basic food groups down here. <laughs> yeah, like you like eat that any meal, <laughs> sausage, egg, cheese, bacon, egg, cheese wrapped in a side of tortilla, scrambled. Clearly, uh, they don't have to be, but they can. I mean, you can anything wrapped in a tortilla in the morning. Any like basically breakfast platter in the morning wrapped in a tortilla. That's a breakfast burrito. Food on the go. There you go. It has fueled many uh, roofers and, you know, oil field workers. And hey, if you're working in the oil field, grab a couple extra in the morning, throw them on the engines at lunch. You got you got you at lunch, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like the eggs, they get a little, they get they upset your stomach if you eat them a little later in the day. But, you know. Beans and carne cassada. It's a solid lunch choice. <laughs> Just work through it. If you're south of Oklahoma and you show up to any job site in the morning with breakfast taquitos. You're the man. You're the man. <laughs> it's like showing up with Duncan, That's right? Job security. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I'm I'm showing those off to everybody up north, and then I'm seeing like these like crazy ribs. I'm seeing like German food. I'm seeing everything, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, like this week during my HB order, our order, like because we're all talking about chili in that group, and we're talking about like a 
RFI chili cook off, like just crazy stuff. It's not a plan, just that wouldn't it be cool if? Yeah, it was, you know, hey. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> we were joking around one time about hosting a camp, and it happened. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, so I was, you know, I, I was cooking a brisket chili this week, and so I ordered. I just, I just have this mental image like, hey, ch- where'd you get that new heresy army? Oh, I want it in a chili cook off. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> So, so like, so I ordered a brisket flat this week and I guess somewhere in the HEB app, I fat fingered and I ordered a corned beef brisket. Oh Oh, yeah. I don't know what that means. I've never, it's in a bag. It's in a bag. Oh, like, so they, they already seasoned it for corned beef? Or? I don't know what that is. I don't. What is it? Corned beef is like, uh, isn't that what's on like Rubens? I have it's one no. of the, it's Rubens or Cubans. I think, it has I think a it's a Ruben. Ruben, right? I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100%. It's a little outside my wheelhouse. So so my, my father-in-law, he makes corned beef all the time. All right. Well, dude, like I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it's, this it's out. It's like meat that you put on a sandwich, I think. Well, I got it. I got a bag. It's like a thick, it's a brick of brisket. And I, I, I pulled it out and I was pissed because I thought I got like, I got the wrong brisket. And then like I had my actual brisket and I was like, did I, I was like, oh, they must have gave me a freebie of corned beef. And I was like, no, I ordered it. Like I, somehow I fat figured. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. But I've got a brick of corned beef in a bag. It's like floating in some red liquid. I've never seen this before. I'm, I'm not. I'm, bro, I have no idea like, if it's ready to eat. I'm sure it's not. We, we can look it up. Either way. I don't want to steer you wrong. Either way, there's enough people <laughs> in this that listen to this podcast. Hey, I got this. What do I do? What do I do with this corned beef, guys? Like with this, The hive mind. If, you, if the hive mind of people can tell me what to do with this thing of corned beef, I'd appreciate it, man. And I'll take a, I'll post that picture up in the, in the food channel now. <laughs> But like I'm just saying, I posted my chili up there. I posted of how I make my chili, but dude, somehow we made it here. The Discord is—you never know what you're gonna get, man. It's like a box of chocolates. Yeah, definitely something to look at. There's other channels in there. There's BattleTech. There's a uh, 40k. 40K. The Star Wars talk with the yeah. with the new trailers and stuff. It's been fun. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Dave and I mean uh, Brian, Brian and and me and Michael. We've been. Shooting back and forth with the new trailers and with the Soka, the yeah. Soka trailer, seeing Thrawn, seeing Ezra in there, new movies. Yeah, yeah. it's been wild, dude. It's been I out. completely missed all that stuff. I like, I was, I'm just trying to watch season two of Mandalorian. I don't know what a Bo Katan is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm gonna get a series about it, but whatever. Yeah, it um, definitely exists. <laughs> I, Everybody I watched Mandalorian with like just loses their mind when Ahsoka Tano shows up. I'm like, I must have not seen that show. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember this character being cool. Definitely might want to, you know, watch up on Rebels before the Ahsoka because it looks like it's right okay. as Rebels finishes. I've been told Dave Filoni does good work with Star Wars, so solid work. You'll you'll have a good time. I, I've not watched the Clone Wars. I was a little salty at them decanonizing the Gendi Tartakovsky, Samurai Jack looking one. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is, uh, like, well, just on that subject, because we've had that this conversation quite a bit, you have to get past the first season of Rebels. You have to get past the first, like, at that point, they're like, okay, Dave Lone, we trust you. And he's all like, y'all that's, thought I was going to make a kid show? That's, that's <laughs> the veggies, and then you get to the, the dessert. Yeah. yeah, he, uh, uh, it's like, he just, like, he had to appease somebody, you could tell, because it's like definitely a kid show for the first season. And then they're like, okay, cool. And he's like, are they still watching? 
is Disney still watching? And they're like, no, they're gone. It's like, all, all right, right, cool. <laughs> now I'm going to go ahead and terrorist bomb a fucking... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to terrorist Time bomb to a... bust out the war crimes. <laughs> he does, dude. Like, that dude, some, there's some effed up shit in that fucking Turns show. Turns out dude. you can get a lot of war crimes done with a lot of clones <laughs> and some lasers. Clone Wars is very similar, except I think it's more seasons. I think after season three is when it starts to really pick up. Okay. But cool thing about Disney Plus is they have like the timelines that you need to watch to watch these TV shows. So oh, it's only specific episodes okay. that you need to see. It's and really they just have that curated for you? Yeah. So you watch... Oh, that's dope. Instead of watching hundreds of episodes, you watch, you know, 30 episodes and you got Man, every, all the information you need. As much as it's like mega corporation bad, you cannot argue with the amount of content on that service. Yeah, man. It's it's solid. I don't know hardly any parents that don't just have Disney Plus. Yeah. And that means you can probably get it, you know, a login from somebody, from a parent. <laughs> oh, no. I've, I've got a login for it. I was like, I like Marvel. I like Star Wars. Let's go. For sure. I know this definitely isn't a uh, Star Wars podcast, but did y'all see, like, uh, there's enough nerds listening to this right now that this <laughs> oh, is yeah. probably uh, normal. Infra- did y'all see that they bought the uh, the Kenobi uh, Patterson cut? I think it's Patterson, Roy Patterson. No. So this guy no. took all of the Kenobi episodes and shrunk it down to two and a half hours to make a oh, movie. Oh, that's cool. He redid the the Inquisitor or whatever too, right? He well, yeah, he did. Like I, I think so, but uh, like he, I saw, I saw the CGI. And uh, Disney bought it, and now you can't watch it no more. <laughs> no, Disney bought it for two point one million dollars. Insane. And, and this is a dude just cutting it and just using his own like rig for it. Like he used their footage and like like he just like pirated it and then loaded up on his PC and edited it and yeah, retooled basically. some of the CG and they, they just paid him. They bought him for it from him. Same thing happened with uh, Luke and, uh, the you know, possible spoilers. The, spoilers. Uh, some of the, 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 the deep fake stuff they've been doing with some yeah, content. Yeah, so there's some YouTubers that do the deep fake better than Star Wars, so they just hired them. Nice. I'm just saying, this is a different Disney, okay? <laughs> this is Dave Filoni's Disney. <laughs> yeah, get Catherine Kennedy out of there. So, either way... Either way, dude. Like, <laughs> I hope I hope that's coming up on the camera or on the, on the microphone. Yeah, yeah. I hope it is too. <laughs> it sounds like static, but this is actually me opening fruit. Don't, fruit don't snacks. adjust your set. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bag of Arizona green tea fruit snacks. Yeah. So, anyway, check out the Discord. That's the kind of talk that happens in there. It's excellent, excellent talk. So, the Decurion. Yes, I like what I'm seeing with this guy. Uh, a lot of people not too pleased with like I guess how they're presenting. Oh, it's gonna be like a thirty dollar, forty dollar dude that goes in your hundred dollar tank. Cool, but I don't know. I like the. I, it's more options, right? If yeah. It, if it sucks, you don't have to buy it. I think a lot of people are unhappy with it because there is a bunch of hype and like waiting for. Uh, just infantry, like everybody's wanting infantry, they're wanting jump troops, wanting boarding marines, or wanting Mark II, or even like, you know, there's a lot of people that are looking for infantry, and it seems like they're going very, very tank heavy. Yeah, which seems like they're just trying to remove a lot of the stuff from the Forge World umbrella, and you know, bring it into plastic as best as they can, and they kind of have the, a lot of the assets for like the Spartan and Sakaran have been created, so they can kind of bring that down into uh, uh, plastic. Uh, so it, it seems like a lot of people are unhappy. That's like, this is more, uh, again, once again, a tank centered option. 
I also think more likely this was an endeavor they started before the rules are finalized. Mm -hmm. So, yes, the rule set does seem to reward an infantry-heavy meta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they having plastic kits, like having the dyes made for those, like this is a long process. It's a very long process. Absolutely. So hopefully this is just them, like, They'll be chasing the ball a little later. Like they'll they'll fix it so that they can sell more tanks and nerf the infantry. But they've <laughs> yes. already started making the infantry molds. And- I'm playing that long game. A <laughs> <laughs> smile on Michael's face when you said that. <laughs> oh, I know it's coming. His hands together. I know, I know it's coming. What unit? Like what? What army sucks right now? That's the unit I'm playing. <laughs> uh, burying the needle on meta chasing. <laughs> so the Jakarian. Came out immediately. They announced four different types of Stakarian. They yes. announced the Locus, the Defensor, the Sagittar, and the Lanius. Or Lanius. Yeah. So two of those are Legion specific. They specified that the Lanius is a Sons of Horus exclusive and the Sagittar is Imperial Fists. But the other two, I think, are going to be generic. Yes. And we did get rules on the Dakarian Defensor. Mm hmm. So the Decurian Defensor actually gets the point defense uh, re-advance reaction. Yeah. Which uh, I think it's kind of one of those things where it's very specific to not letting you use your turret for whatever reason. Uh, But it is a... uh, It lets you basically do a... Return fire or overwatch. Return fire or overwatch and twice with a penal mounted weapon but not with your main weapon. Yeah, any defensive weapons that are not turret-mounted and any pintle-mounted weapons, which is a little redundant because pintle-mounted weapons are de facto defensive weapons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, your pintle-mounted weapons make twice the normal number of attacks, which is cool. And I was trying to think of, like, what would that probably, like, benefit the most? Like, if you had a multi-melt and you got to pop something twice that was charging you, that's pretty messed up. (laughs) That's... Pretty ridiculous. And then, like, let's say you had a... Because it is limited to defensive... We- so, like, defensive weapons, that's kind of limiting you to uh, Sponson-mounted heavy bolters, what, Volkite? Volkite and flamers if you got them. Yeah, flamers if you got them. That, that'd be pretty dirty. And, but I guess, was there anything stopping you from overwatching before? No, not at all. Because a vehicle can overwatch, but they can only use defensive weapons. Okay. So this is just a better Overwatch. Pretty much. And I guess a better return fire because you get the, the double tap back with your Pintel. Yeah. And, and I mean, speaking of Pintels, they do call out later that the uh, the Sons of... Or the Imperial Fists, Decurian Sagittar is armed with an Iliastus Assault Cannon and an Augury Scanner. I don't know if that means that all of these are going to have specific guns they come with or maybe just the Legion-specific ones or that might just be referring to the model that they released for it. I was also kind of curious if the, so like, I think kind of the speculation right now is these are not going to be a uh, special HQ choice, but instead possibly like an upgrade to a a unit. So you upgrade your existing, they also announced that you can only put these on certain vehicles. That was my question. I'm kind of yeah. out of the loop. So what vehicles can they go on? Uh, you can upgrade Predators, Sicarians, Sicarian Punishers, and Kratos. And it specifically says you can upgrade squadrons of these. See, that's what I was... Interesting. That's, so, I don't know if it's meant to represent a like a sergeant type 
or in like a squadron. yeah, like a commander for your squadron, kind of like how the uh, Solar Auxilia, you get a Lehman Rust command tank for your tank Tercio. Right. He then attaches to a unit of uh, Lehman Rusts. So that's that's what I was curious about. Was like okay, so like let's say in this case, if you are upgrading like a squadron, right? So yeah. does that mean if I'm going to do this advanced reaction? Now, obviously, it's all speculation right now. But if I am going to do this advanced reaction for point defense, does that mean like let's say I have a predator squadron of three tanks? So does that mean uh, I've got three panel mounted assault cannons shooting twice, and also because you have that sergeant six. Assault cannon. <laughs> so, by the wording of the article, these space marines have extensive hypno-indoctrination training in the weapons of the Imperium and can order their units to use the advanced reaction point defense. Mm. And it says, the reacting unit may make a shooting attack with any defensive weapons that are not turret, any pencil-mounted weapons targeting the enemy unit that trigger the reaction. All pencil-mounted weapons may make twice the normal number of attacks. Yeah. I was reading deep into that. says targeting a unit that includes a model. So, so yeah. So, like, so if this does upgrade a squadron, hey, the whole squadron gets to go nuts. And it kind of sounds like, yeah, yeah. It, it also kind of sounds like he is also joining the squadron is what it might sound like. So kind of like the Tertio does where you have like a additional tank in there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. When the when they announced the book, they described this as a new type of Centurion console upgrade. So I think it's going to be an HQ choice that has a rule where it can attach to a squad. Mm-hmm. Unless uh, it might, if it has to, it's going to be a little harder to run because then you have to run. If you want to put it on a Kratos, that means you have to run two Kratos. Dude, if they go crazy with the, uh, if they go, if they go crazy with the kind of like, cause you can get really weird with the Lehman Russ commander. Oh, absolutely. Because you can throw a flare shield on him. You can give him the five up invul. And then the way allocating wounds to squadron works. Let's say they're all just kind of like butt to butt. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, cool. You have side armor on this one. You have rear armor on this one. But because I allocate the wounds to my unit, you hit the one you can see the front of. And if you're like, let's say your Dakarian can take like some special upgrades to his tank. Like, let's say in the case of a flare shield on his tank, right? That opens up some nuts stuff. Dude, that is going to, that would be wild. Because it sounds like they are moving towards that is what it sounds like. Josh is going to be livid if they can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, like Solar Ox can't have anything. Space Marines got to steal all the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, that that would be crazy. I, see, I'm just thinking about how insane, like, a... a Dude, imagine... A, a return fire with a... How many Predators can you have in a squadron? Four? Well, three. So three, it's Max Squadron three? I thought it was four. If it's Max Squadron four, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> if it is mass squad four, I, I might be getting confused with a, a different vehicle. I can check it. But this just it, let's say he does get his own tank that gets added to the squadron. It becomes four. Yeah. You just go absolutely nuts with just a massive squadron. It's like, what are you going to do? You're going to shoot me? Because I'm going to return fire with a whole bunch of stuff. Man, I think I'm getting too excited for this because I'm trying to think about. <laughs> There's a lot of cool stuff they can do with it, but well, so like my thing is like it's like yes, I'm gonna bail predator or something. I'm gonna go crazy because I'm gonna shoot with. But it's like, well, that would have just been an Overwatch would have been the exact same thing, except I'm losing a twin linked uh, assault cannon and Which making it gets a hot anyway. Pencil, yeah, because it's a reaction, so it gets gets hot. Yeah, but but like so, yes, I get to shoot my pencil mounted assault cannon twice, but I instead I'm losing a twin linked assault cannon to shoot it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You got to run your turrets. Cooler. It is a maximum of four. Oh my goodness. Thank you. 
Oh my damn. Five. Five. <laughs> They're <effort>. going ham. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So I gotta make more tanks. Now, <laughs> they, now, however, they also could say he just goes into a different. He goes into one in the squadron. Like you upgrade one of the four to have the Dakurian. Maybe we don't know. No, we do not know. Uh, but that's good news. That's excellent news. So I didn't know it was four. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I do squadron them up, boys. I do oh, like to return you? fire with Bell Predators. Just max stack those reactions, boy. It's got to. Got to, man. And with tanks, like, I, I don't run a lot of tanks, but with tanks, you can, like, stack them all together and shoot through them, right? They can like, see through each other, no, yeah. They, they are treated as a unit, so they can shoot through each other. You can just run them in a line. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a behind every great tank is another great tank, <laughs> and behind that tank is yet another tank. All the tanks here are great, and it's conga time, baby. <laughs> For real, man. Yeah, it's crazy. If this happens, and if it goes through where it's like there is a commander who's special and all this stuff, we're gonna have to start getting back into uh, kind of some of that sneaky stuff where you have to force your line of sight with uh, other tanks. To only see a non like commander unit to start putting wounds on like to do the the a hole version of uh, precision shots. Oh yeah yeah yeah. If you can only see one tank, that's the tank you got to hit. And, and then like what's the one reciprocating shooting basically where you can only see part of his squadron, so the, the that, leader wouldn't be able to see you. Well, it's not even about the reactions. Okay, I can only see your command tank, so that's the only one I can put a hole point on. Now that it's missing a hole point, you've got to put your existing wounds into that one. Gotcha. Yeah. Or in the same, an easier, because because basically these command tanks are stronger, you right? So like, one. so you hit the weaker one and then that way he's not, can't allocate wounds against that front armor 15, you know, for some of these Lehman Russes, you force line of sight to where you can only see a straggler that has like rear armor to you by blocking line of sight with your other tank. Like that's, Unfortunately, it's, you know, it's like <laughs> it's a way of play, but you force line of sight by blocking it with your other tanks. And so you can only see you like the rear tank. Yep. You attack that. And now that's got wounds on it. They have to allocate all the rest of the shots against that tank. Yeah. Gotcha. It's, it's one of the big things that, uh, that rich is really good at with his uh, precision shots on his alpha legion. Oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. He will put wounds on stuff that, you know, he wants wounds allocated to. And he only has to do it like one time, right? Yep. And so because then you have to put them on that unit. Yeah. Now keep in mind if your opponent has something like precision shots five up or six up, you as the defending player pick which pool you want to allocate first. So if you pick the precision shots, to, the ones that like he gets to allocate first, then he gets to pick where the rest of the wounds go if you survive those, basically. Yeah, so screw him. <laughs> yeah. Put him so, on your commander immediately. Don't don't let your opponent force you to shoot to roll any specific pool first. Unless it's murder strike, that one specifically says you have to do those first. Interesting. So I guess it's so that you can't allocate it to somebody who loses a wound from one that's not murder strike and then okay, cool. Uh his other wound is just the murder strike one. Gotcha. And then I, I don't know. It it could be that they don't want you exploiting that, or it could be that it wasn't written very very well or wasn't thought about very well look at you drop pods anyway <laughs> so <laughs> what's the other uh, what's the other decurion they told us about okay the, the defensor and so we got the defensor we got some rules on the defensor and it's advanced reaction i mean that's not saying we got 
like it just allows the advanced reaction right now for point defense. We got the point defense advanced reaction, but we don't yeah. actually know what the defensor gets in addition to the advanced reaction. Okay. Because there could be... He could have different pencil-mounted options. He could have a pencil-mounted last cannon or some crazy stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That'd be there, sick. there could be, but he is just unlocking point defense. Because Sagittar... And this is the Imperial Fist one. Yeah, the Imperial Fist one. He does not unlock a new advanced reaction. He comes with his own special rule. Okay. So he comes with a... Basic, like, it's Decarian Sagittar with a model with a special rule makes a shooting attack, one defensive weapon or penalty on a weapon. Made, it make an attacks targeting a different target to any other weapon the model attacks with. And then with those attack, he gets to make them precision shots or sky fire. Nice. So, talk to us about that, Derek. Like, what, what that means? Like, what you can do with that? Yeah. So, with the sky fire, being able to pick a different target means you can just throw his... Iliastus assault cannon into a flyer, which flyers typically have lower armor, unless it's maybe like a storm eagle or a uh, uh, oh, I, th- I think we should also note that he comes with an Iliastus Iliastus assault cannon and an augury scanner. Yes, that is noted in, and like I said, we don't know if that means he's only allowed those options. That's what this one comes with every time, or if that's what the model comes with, and those are the options that are uh, that are represented with that. But either way, the that does open up some options. Like precision shots five up means if he shoots that weapon first, he can put some wounds where you want him to go, and then any other wounds allocated have to go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can change out his weapon, you give him that pencil mounted multi melta, and then when he's shooting at another squadron of tanks, because tanks are good now, he just <laughs> wastes the the command tank with it, and or wastes the one that the command tank would tank for, and then the rest of the shots have to go into that same one. Yes. So I think having the option of either or gives him a lot of flexibility. Because if it was just if it was just Skyfire, uh, in my local meta, I don't see a lot of people bringing flyers. I don't know if it's because people are scared of the uh, combat air patrol reaction, or if that's just a people are more excited about infantry. You know what I was just thinking. So the problem we were just discussing a second ago. Oh yeah. Okay. So the exact problem where we could foresee a future where a tank commander is in a unit and is showing you his face and possibly has a flare shield or something like that. Just, just a, a big chunk, right? Right. It's almost like the Sagittar is built exactly to not have to deal with that. Counter that. The anti-Decurian, Decurian. Because you can have the Sagittar fire with his assault cannon into a unit, precision shots at unit, pick a weak t- weaker tank, and then with the rest of his tank, shoot at that same unit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, let's, let's say he's in, let's say he's in a freaking Kratos with his Melta cannon or whatever. Yeah. Then he just blasts a little weak tank. I mean, you have, because tanks don't have characters, so... Yeah, you have to apply it to that hurt tank. Yeah, even with the uh, the solar ox tercios, the the character is another member of the unit. It doesn't have the character rule like a uh, like a infantry unit has that mm-hmm. would protect them. Yeah, I like that though. It's kind of like a plain chess. You know, it, it adds it, more interaction. Yeah, for sure. It, you're making a strong unit, but you're also giving his direct counter at the same time. Yeah, 
And what is so? What does Skyfire do? It allows them to hit the yeah the norm, flying units. Yeah, normally when you shoot at a flyer, you have to snap shoot, which means you can't use any templates, which can't hit a flyer anyway. Yep. And you hit on sixes. Gotcha. If you have Skyfire, that means you hit on your normal ballistic normal. skill. Okay. Gotcha. Which I would bet he bumps the ballistic skill of his unit, or not his even if not his unit, he bumps the ballistic skill of his tank. Does. Never mind. Yeah, they don't say it outright, but I'd be shocked if he doesn't make his tank blizzard skill five. Yeah, no, for sure. I have a which, feeling. That which even if he doesn't, if he has to come with the Iliastus assault cannon, that is a bolt weapon, and he is an imperial, or that's an auto weapon, and he is an imperial fist, so he gets plus one to hit with it. So hitting on twos, rerolling ones. <laughs> oh wait, no, no. Wait, well, then what would be the point of that? I guess if, well, they, I'm saying if they don't bump his tank to oh, Bliss yeah. Skill 5, he's still basically Bliss Skill 5 with it because he's Imperial Fist. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't know why I was thinking they re-rolled ones. That was, I guess, old edition. Yeah, it, it used to work if you were like Bliss Skill 7 or 6 or 7 because you hit on twos. You got to hit on sixes. You got to re-roll your ones at minus, like, minus 5 to your Bliss Skill. That's right. Mm. But anything that would use that was just basically twin-linked anyway. It was a lot easier to get twin linked than it was to get ballistic skills six or seven. Gotcha. You know, some Primarchs might have had it, but whatever. Something that's crazy to me and something that they specifically thought about in this rule. Yeah, what's that? Is the fact that they they specifically say cannot be used to target a unit forced to disembark due to due, due, due to attacks made by the model's other weapons. Yeah, so if he wastes a tank, he can't shoot the pencil into the guys that fall out of it. Which is very, very specifically thinking. Yeah, which that, is not normal rules that I've that, seen. That is, yeah, that that is that is fr- that, that's uncharacteristically thoughtful. That's what I'm saying. Like somebody playtested this, and they, they they saw the reaction and said, "Let's let's give everything another pass." <laughs> so so where would that be benefit? Like your well, like any he, transport unit. Basically? Yeah, like he's got an assault cannon, which isn't really going to hurt a land raider. But if he's got like like if he is in a Kratos with the Melta cannon and a bunch of Laz cannons on it. And those pop the land raider, then it then you would have another target for the uh, for the assault cannon. That's true. Which, like, in some cases, right? Like, without that specific wording in the rule, the argument could be made that that is a separate unit and that he could do it. But they were forward enough thinking to where they stopped you from even yeah. possibly thinking of doing that. Now, I still assume it would work like something with power of the machine spirit, where you declare all of your targets before you roll any dice. Yeah. Which would prevent that anyway, because it's not on the table when he starts shooting. Correct. Gotcha. But, you know, I, I do like seeing like a, hey, I know you're probably, just in case somebody wants to do this, we're just going to go ahead and stress that you can't do this. I so, appreciate that. Yeah. But if you're an Imperial Fist player, that is on the way to you. If you're playing Imperial Fist and you like tanks, get excited, because this guy seems pretty cool. And, and and honestly, you know, a lot of I know there's kind of like a lot of uh, it's like oh I'm gonna sky fire with my assault cannon, bro. They they are great at killing flyers. If it's not a storm eagle or a fire raptor, a sky firing assault cannon is fantastic. A sky firing heavy bolter is fantastic. <laughs> like it the, is, yeah, those things are rarely armor higher than eleven. Xiphon's eleven, and the only reason I know that is because I fired a. Four twin-linked heavy bolters from the <laughs> Thunderhawk at a Xiphon. And I'm fishing for sixes, but I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. So that was the Imperial Fist one. They also show off the Sons of Horus Decurion, which was the... Which one was that one? 
Uh, Sons of Horus is the, the Lanius. Yeah. So that one is modeled with a heavy bolter and some kind of standard or vexilla or flag of some kind. Mm-hmm. So. <gasps> okay. So I don't know what that's going to do. I do know a Legion standard gives that unit line for like a command squad. I'm not saying this is going to do that. Uh, Legion Vexilla does something very different. That gives you plus one to your uh, combat resolution. I don't know if this is just a cool thing they put on the model or if it's going to be represented in its rules. I have a feeling I know what it is. is oh, yeah? Is the Herald the only one that gives yes. the fear? Yeah. yeah the, the Herald has fear. And, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, right. so hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Okay. And so this is something we were talking about just a second ago, guys. Uh, so we were looking at the kind of like Latin subroot of like the Latin root of a lot of these words are using. Mm-hmm. And so just Sagittar archer yeah like a like a sagittarius like yeah are, yeah so he's got the precision shots he's, he's got picking sky fire picking stuff out sagittaring stuff just archering stuff right yeah, yeah he's a sharpshooter. okay you've got the defensor which obviously defense the, and the so. reaction fire it's very defensive yeah okay now when you look at the lanius mm-hmm. the latin, latin root of lanius is butcher Ooh. okay so now if i think of a butcher it's like butcher mangled like it's it's just like yeah in the context of war like we've got something that is terrifying like you think of a butcher you think of somebody that's mangling stuff butchering stuff now if you think of the herald right yep. it's causing fear because this is like yeah so now you have this character who's considered you know a quote unquote butcher with a flag i think this could be a tank that might cause fear just a fear tank Man, you put that on a uh, put that on a Kratos. That's what I'm saying, dude. Oh, That's man. a big tank. Yeah, you can man. pad a lot of units with that. Anything with cool. pinning? Anything with pinning causing fear? Man. Mm. We, that'd, that'd be fun. I don't think that's the only I mean, if you if you also think about it in the respect of like a for like how would this benefit like if it was a hey, this is a Lanius and you treat him like a herald where like he causes fear, but also he increases your leadership or like, it's like, okay, like, cause they, didn't they used to have that where a, like a, a tank commander or like, I think it was probably like an apocalypse and like in probably like fifth edition where they had like command tank upgrades. Yeah. But you could like, remember uh, the fortress of arrogance, you could yeah. look at it and you were like, oh, cool. He's still alive. Like, oh, like we're fine. <laughs> like, cause oh, Commissar Yark is behind us. We're solid. Oh, it, it did a couple more things than that. It had a special rule where he would still enforce his commissar duties. Just using the, <laughs> the Bane blade cannon. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but <laughs> yes. God, I miss Yark. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I think it's like, it's kind of one of those things where like, it's like, because in some of the legions they have like you know it's like oh that's the butcher you know that's like like they're 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 proud of and like you know it's a named unit and i i think it's like maybe it's like it's gonna cause fear but also it's kind of like one of those like he's on the battlefield we're solid he's gonna he's gonna keep himself something that the ultramarines the suzerain do where they bump the leadership of any unit within a certain amount of distance yeah that's what i'm thinking it could do that which would be right on brand for a herald which would be right on brand for a guy Modeled up carrying a <laughs> Sons of Horus banner. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. And look at him, dude. He looks mean as hell, too. Got dude, that slick the, back hair. That The head is cool. His helmet's also super dope. Got that Daniel Craig face. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> just slicking it back just with got, blood. He's got one arm posted up on his heavy bolter, just kind of chilling. Not even firing it. He's just... <laughs> he just has to show up. And he's got that dope mohawk helmet, too, if you wanted to do that. Dude, even if it doesn't go on the Decurion, that's a cool helmet to throw on a sergeant. Oh, yeah. You throw that anywhere. On a seeker sergeant? Because oh. he's got that extra eyepiece. Bro, you know I love Seekers. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying. That's like a, that's an Alpha Legion helmet if I've ever seen one. But, you know, cool. Sons of horse get it. But <laughs> it's like, so, okay, somebody's got to have some stuff. All right. Alpha Legion can't take everything. So turns out Alpha Legion are going to be able to take these new ones with the uh, coils, the Hydra or something. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, my God. Could you do that? <laughs> I mean, it is a Sons of Horace branded thing. Depends like, you, on how they present it. I don't know. <laughs> Can they take a different legion's like console? Could they take a Stormseer or like a Dark Emissary? I don't know. That's for you to know. <laughs> that's, that's a Derek question. Dang. That's something I would ask you. <laughs> so the fact you're coming at me like this, I was not expecting the Uno reverse. Middle of the but, podcast. Uh, there, there it is, right there on the table. <laughs> it's live, live out here in front of everybody. All right. So, so that was the uh, the Lanius. What about the other one? The uh, the Locus. So that one's kind of interesting, and I think I have an idea of what the locust could do. So that one's like location, dislocate. Like locust is, uh, what was it earlier? It is place, place, like placement. Okay, so I think that this is going to be more of a like a tactical, like a, a kind of like the same way that a, um. Like for certain units like that can are like good at logistics and stuff like that. Like uh like what was his name with the Raven Guard? Uh Alvarez Mon. Mon. Yeah. Like I think it's gonna be a guy that's like that, that gets everybody where they need to be and may show up with like some special rule that lets you like relocate tanks or like give tank a group of tanks scout or you know. I mean, that'd be really interesting. Uh, the first place I went to when I heard that uh, was Displace. Like, Dis- like, this is meant to get a unit off of some place you want. Off of some place you want? What do you mean? Like, like, like the, the defensor is very defensive. This guy's very offensive. Like, so he's good at rolling up with some tanks and clearing out an area and getting these guys to fall back or just die. Oh, so you're thinking maybe like... Um like a, a pinning kind of situation or? or like pinning or just like kind of like how we think the Lanius might have fear. This guy might have either fear or a rule like the, uh, the ultramarines nemesis destroyers have where any wounds caused that, that initiates the morale check as if they'd lost 25%. I dig that. So it, it could be that offensive thing. Or I think, I think yours is honestly a little more interesting of like logistics and like location. Well, yeah, then like maybe even controlling, like helping with reserve roles or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, if he gives him scout, maybe that means that also unlocks outflanking for him. Oh, oh. right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you tell your opponent you got two Kratos in flanking assault. <laughs> what are you going to do? Man. Do? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Then you place that flanking assault token. It's like, do they want to put stuff on it and try to stop you? Maybe you're playing Blood Angels. You get plus one strength to your ram. Oh, man. I wonder if we're going to get more. I really hope so. I like the idea of having a line of tank consoles. I do, too. Like it. 
I mean, as playing an army that doesn't have one of these special ones, I'm like, man, I want a special one. Right? It's very easy to be like, oh, what would a Space Wolves Decurion look like? Dude, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're here. Okay. (laughs) For those of you, this audio podcast, Michael just got a lot more comfortable in his seat. He's just like, Cody's up and he's like, all right, let's do this. Adjusting my shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 okay. Different kind of comfortable. Okay. No, 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 no. Like, I'm, I'm like, so, so here's the thing. Here's one of the things that I don't like that they did to Blood Angels this edition. Oh, yeah. Especially in the, in the tank realm, right? Tell me how you really feel. They had overcharged engines last edition. That's what they were known for, was yeah. their overcharged engines. Was, so they just go faster? Or? Yeah, they all got flat out last gotcha. edition. And it was like a specific to Blood Angels tanks. They could all go faster for whatever reason. Well, now that flat out is exclusive to fast tanks. That's what I'm saying. You can't do the iron box cock block no more. You can't. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is if they did give Blood Angels a special, like, a you special know, decurion. a special Decurion, like this, the Celeron Decurion, <laughs> like, or like the Decurion Celerite. Yeah, the Decurion Celero, you know, aka fast. <laughs> like, That's, yeah, he just Googled Latin fast. <laughs> <laughs> we might have something here, you know. If you, if you play this game, get yourself a Google uh, English to Latin, Latin to English. It'll it'll improve your uh, your naming conventions on your stuff. <laughs> Anything seller, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. like, you know, like, just to make, like, a unit fast or something like that, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised with these. You can only put them on, like, four different tanks. Like, I'm surprised you can't just put on a Land Raider. Unless maybe we get a Decurion specifically for a transport. For, for transports. Mm. So I, there's a lot they can do with this. I, I, would be sh- I don't think we're going to see more than the four that they've announced in this book. But I would like to see more in the future. Like this, this is a really cool concept that there's a lot they can do with it. And it, it just generates hype. It just makes me excited for shit. Like, yeah. I'm also trying to figure out why they... like. Because the next thing that they come out with is go, like because they included the Punisher, but not the Arcus. Yeah, that's and and they also because the normal is the normal Sakaran also picked or no? Yes. Okay. So because it says Sakaran and then Sakaran Punisher, that tells me you can't put this on the Omega. You can't put this on uh, on any of the other Sakarans. Right. So, but like for the Sakaran Punisher, yeah, already a defensive weapon. Yeah, but because it's turret, the uh, the defensor one can't you can't use it. It's no, why would you ever take a defensor? So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out why they included the Punisher, and like, there's no benefit in taking the defensor. There definitely would be a benefit if the Locust lets so, you outflank it. So I don't so know. If if the defensor doesn't have a specific gun and you can give him a multi melta, then you're trading your turret for another multi melta shot. Right. Which that would be a decision that would be beneficial in some some cases. Other cases, you would just use regular return fire or regular overwatch. But if it's a land raider shooting, like, no, hit it with a double multi multi All day. All day, baby. Twin link, baby. I don't know. So some people are speculating maybe we'll see a special one for every legion. Maybe that's going to be the next two months of Heresy Thursdays. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bunch of bunch of legion specific uh, commanders. They can put out legion specific models without the rules for them and just run them as normal decorians. Like because they don't have a generic model yet. Although Forge World does have a resin like pencil mounted tank commander type. Yes. I don't know if they still offer that. I and mean, there's a, a lot of stuff that just kind of disappeared from the web store. That's <laughs> no, no, probably horrible. something I should have Googled before we started recording. I got you right here. But yeah, so it, it's easy to look and be like, oh, what would the 
You know, what would this lead? What would a, a Raven Guard one? What would a Night Lord's one do? It does not look like they even have the pencil weapons anymore. Oh, that just got... Well, they do have that new sprue, which does have pretty much everything. And I did, you could just use the plastic one, too, because those look like... They've got the same kind of, like, shoulder pads that are stripped down, where it doesn't have the, like, bulky shoulder. It just has, like, the under shoulder pad on it. Which all of the new Decarians have, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those have those just like the plastic one. Yeah. Oh, so they don't have, like, the... They've the got cauldrons them in the, or? They've got them in the kit, but they also have modeled underneath the shoulder pads. Gotcha. Yeah, none of the Takarians are wearing shoulder pads. Gotcha. They all have that underneath, like... Well, you get shoulder pads with the tank, so... Yeah. But I, I, but this makes more sense, like, because if you look at the size of the, the tank <laughs> commander hole... And you oh, compare that yeah. to the size of the it's, shoulders. It's like the, <laughs> the old rhino sprue. It has the one guy like poking his head up. Like not the guy holding the gun, but just the guy poking his head up. Because like, yeah. his shoulder pads don't fit. Yeah. These, as far as he goes. So they just like, basically they get in their tank and they like put their shoulder pads off to the side. They got like a... <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and they put their snacks in there and stuff. <laughs> they just hide them. And then when they're getting out, they... They pick up their shoulder pads and they go, oh, we're going to fucking kick some out. And they put on one because they can't get out. And then they get out and then they put on <laughs> the, put the other one. <laughs> cannon. That's cannon. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. Y'all all remember that book. We, we've all seen how they arm space marines in the, the new animation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So. So, yeah. But yeah, that's exciting, dude. I, I, I like what I'm seeing. I don't know how much they're going to charge for these guys considering it's a dude with a gun. But some people are not not super impressed with this. I, I like the implication of this more than the actual models. And the models are okay. But I want to see some cool stuff with this. I want to see I want to see a lot of options. Options are great. If they come out with a bad option, it's an option. You don't have to take it. it I just I like more tools in the box, you know? Yeah, okay. I, th- I saw speculation that it was gonna be like thirty bucks is what I saw. But I don't know. That's speculation at this point. I mean for a character model that's not bad, but considering you also have to buy his tank, it's, I don't know. Uh, did they, did they announce this was going to be a resin kit from Forge World? Probably. Yes. Okay. Then, yeah, man, I don't know. Should be interesting. No, we're, yeah. These are both resin miniatures from Forge World and they will be out later in the year. The release of campaigns of Age of Darkness is something that's approaching soon. However, soon. And join us next Thursday when the Sons of Dorne get another treat. So that's going to be what, like, right after this episode goes live? Yeah. Yeah. It should be tomorrow. So, well, well, yeah. So I'm curious what these next Sons of Dorne treat could be because it's specific to Sons of Dorne. Uh, Could be their new Praetor they talked about. Yeah. You're probably right. Or, you know, knock on wood, it's something cooler. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying I'm not excited for a new Praetor for Imperial Fists who get all the characters and everything you ever need but if they're like hey here's some Imperial Fists inductee you know oh. yeah what's up okay that's yeah that's the Forge World Imperial Fist Praetor okay okay yeah who knows a cool looking dude I've never seen that thing but they're cool yeah I don't know I just I want to know more about these inductee like that's that's got me excited Kind of been a talk at the shop, too. A lot of people were talking about them. And uh, bringing that up, I was flipping through the Libra Astartes, and one of the Raven Guard that they've got in the, like the the color section for like different models and stuff, one of them is actually mo- uh, noted as being an inductee, and he doesn't have Legion markings on him. Really? 
Yeah. He was, they threw him out there too fast so he didn't get Legion markings. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> the page isn't actually numbered. Let's see if this is page 335. It'd be 337. It's got second Lieutenant Ramal of the inductee reserve company. Third chapter. Oh goodness. He looks like a Raven guard is the right colors, but it just looks like they didn't put the transfers on his shoulders yet. They just like that look, <laughs> man, that is probably the easiest paint scheme you could do because that is primer black. It is, it is charcoal black with a white helmet with a black stripe on it <laughs> and nothing on the shoulder pads, baby. All right, done. And hit, hit it with the metal for your three color minimum. Do any of the others have uh, stripes on their helmet? Uh, any of the other what? Like any of those at the Raven Guard? Do they have that stripe? Uh, not down here, but he is. Uh, he is specifically a second lieutenant, and that's how they do their line officers. Okay. Damn. I thought they were doing, like, uh, conscript lines. No, but that that is interesting to me because now it's not just the inductee as, oh, these guys are just, you know, basic guys that we need bodies, so we forced them through the process. This guy is both an inductee and he's a line officer. Interesting. So I don't know that we're going to see that reflected, but it's there in the fluff, man. They're They're talking about it. You just don't see it. Well, I see it now. They, they've been hiding. It's always been there. <laughs> so now I'm like, I need to look through these other Legion entries, see if they got somebody. I'm sure it's there. We'll find some more. Uh, good call. Good call out, by the way. Yeah, man, no problem. That's what I'm here for. Uh, so next week we have Venator pre-order opening up and Cerberus pre-order opening Nice. Looking forward to that, dude. Uh, is anybody like chomping at the bit for that Cerberus? I am. Nice. What's your name it? It's gonna. We'll talk about it in my high progress, but just start, <laughs> just start throwing lasers down the board. Absolutely, <laughs> maybe even the Venator too. But I already told the shop. It's like, hey, as soon as y'all get that pre order up, go and get me one. <laughs> just go ahead and put my name down. Yeah, hundred percent. And one day at the shop, Locker took the plastic off of the box, and he was like, "Hey, did Michael talk to you?" And just pulls out <laughs> one. And I was like. No? So, oh, I think he wanted you to grab the swarm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, so, you're telling like, hey, uh, if, go ahead and, if Tyler's there, just go ahead and have him buy it. I'll pay him back for it. <laughs> so, so okay. Well, we will, <laughs> we will jump directly into hobby progress with that note, right? And I'll start, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, hobby progress wise, I've been hitting it hard in the painting of the tanks life. Going hard in the paint. So at the end of the month, actually on Cinco de Mayo, yeah, we have Alamo thirty K. I mean it was Alamo GT. I don't think it's called Alamo GT. I don't I don't know. I I know they have a a forty K event going on and they're also doing the heresy narrative. Yeah, so so at the Royal Oaks Mall at the Battle Pub in San Antonio. Dude, that place is rad. That place is extremely rad. They have a podcast called War Hammered. Yes. So, so if you go check out Warhammered, it is a 40k podcast, uh, and I, they, I'm pretty sure they do like heresy stuff and like kill team stuff like that. And I, maybe I've been so behind on my podcast because I've been hanging out in the hobby hangout. Yeah, yeah. it's that's one detriment, that's man. One detriment. Yeah, I watch Critical Role D and D, and like I am behind because <laughs> I've been in that hobby hangout. Same, dude. Same. I used to listen to audiobooks when I would paint, and I would just go to the hobby hangout and like, just. <laughs> Yeah, I've not caught up on my Dan Abnett just dropped Titanicus and Unaudible. Nice. And so I was like pumped and I was like, yeah, I can't wait to paint and listen. Nope, I haven't done there it. There's some people in the hobby. No, nope, there's go. people who haven't heard about Conscious. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta enlighten these people on Conscious. So, but yeah, uh, at the end of, of Cinco de Mayo to the 7th, it's a three day event. Uh, it is 
it, it's Alamo GT originally was called, but I think it's like Horace Heresy Alamo, Heresy at the Alamo or something like that. It, they might have a different name for the, the specific heresy narrative. I hadn't checked. Yeah. Either way, it is, it's at the Royal Oaks Mall uh, in San Antonio. Uh, we got, I know you're going there one day or? So I don't know if I'm going to make the whole narrative track, but I can definitely come up and hang out one day. Just kind of see everybody. Okay. Yeah. We got an Airbnb. We're locked in for three days. Bought a ticket today. Yeah. Oh. And we got our tickets and uh, I'm going to pick up some fajitas and I'm gonna make fajitas at the Airbnb. Nice. And so, but it's not what's important here. That's not what we're advertising. <laughs> uh, you know, that's like <laughs> just for you people listening, you know, it's not an offer. Try and get your mouth watering. <laughs> uh, but because of that, it, and this is kind of one of those things where like, I, I really, man, this, these months have been going by so fast. Uh, no joke. Regrettably did not, dude, I completely forgot, or I guess I, I just didn't consider how fast we we're moving up on April. Uh, I missed the, the shadow of the Titan event in Dallas. I really wanted to go up to that for, with powerful will and all the, the oh, Lone yeah. Star Legion guys. Yeah. Those guys do good work. And so, uh, missed that event, but like this time it's like, okay, it's this yeah, one's got another one coming up, right? Uh, they do. It's in August. Okay. And it's a, it's a fear. That's a fierce event. And then there's also the Lone Star Open. That's what I was thinking of, LSO. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll definitely have to make it that. We'll have to keep each other accountable accountable for that one. So uh, either way, Alamo, Horse Heresy, Heresy of the Alamo, uh, run by Powerful Seth. They have Friday is their mega battle. And then... Their Saturday, Sunday is the actual event. Okay. The the standard front line. Yeah. Standard front line, normal missions and all this stuff. And so initially what I was going to do, just got all these new drop pods. I was going to hit it extremely hard on getting drop pod list ready to go. Cause they like, you know, it's, I did want to have some infantry on the board. I really haven't paid up enough infantry. I just have like this armored spearhead list. And then like in a competitive setting or not, I guess like in a narrative setting, it's not really, I'm going to lose a lot of games because it's not a can't capture objectives and stuff like that. It's just a bunch of tanks, right? I mean, that is the issue. Yeah, that's so, one of the trade-offs. So that's one of my first questions when I watched you and Josh's game is like, How's objectives. <laughs> Talk to me, nah, dog. <laughs> uh, not until we get that specific Decurian. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so, so with that in mind, right? I was like, okay, I got to build an actual army, but at the same time. I think we've all discussed on here or maybe not discussed on here. I'm working on a basically a mega battle specific host for my blood angels. Have yeah. we talked about this on here? I know. Uh, I know we've definitely talked about you coming off of reading Mortis and being like, yo, Titan fights. Okay. Let's they, they, some of the stuff that they're doing in that book to fight Titans are really, really cool. Okay. Yes. So, so I've, we haven't talked any of your specific plans. Well, spe- we're trying to we're trying to keep some cards close to the chest. Okay, okay. Well, well, my armored spearhead, I'm building for both a actual army that I play and just normal narrative play, but also I want it to be able to switch the turrets out for like cool anti-titan action and mega battles <laughs> so like the little guys just have a terrorize. say so just terrorize titans okay so um it was kind of one of those things it's like this is the first possible mega battle that i'm going to be able to participate in since i've had this idea 
before Warzone and all this other stuff, it's like, well, do I get ready for that? Or do I make a like playable narrative army with like drop pods and like, you know, deep strikers and all and I was like, I can only do one of these. I'm only a single man and I only have a month to do it, right? <laughs> like I just like I can't every minute that, of every That is what a reasonable person would do. Yeah. Michael so, tanks. Infantry. Yeah, tanks or ta- paint up a bunch of tanks. Yes. <laughs> paint up a bunch of bunch of infantry. Or just a bunch of dudes on foot with bolters. Nah, dag. <laughs> nah. nah, nah. <laughs> So I double down on my tank building efforts and double down on my tank painting efforts. Double down. Did you do? And so, uh, so yes, I am absolutely like I, I've got the fluff down. Um, I talked with a powerful JP over at the age of darkness podcast podcast. And I, I went to him and I was like, Hey, you know, literally every piece of fluff and actually what ended up happening was uh, uh, Alex, a powerful Alex from the uh, Death and Betrayal podcast. He actually came forward and he was telling me, you know, I was just, I was looking for a name for this host. Right. Because there's the, the like, Ophanim, the Sanguinary Guard, all these different factions of the Blood Angels. But they say there's definitely hundreds of these different circles of... Uh, yeah, different courts. Yeah. Courts, and then, like, the host is, like, when the courts go to work together to for a specific, specific purpose. And so um, I went in there, and I was like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to find out, like, a Hebrew angel name for my host or for my court. And he came through and said that there is the uh, Memetim, the Mimitim, which is like a, a uh, angel of like destruction and like, and I think everybody just kind of agrees like, yeah, that's, that's dope. That's dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and so like my whole idea behind the fluff wise is after beta Garmin on like, you know, like when, uh, all of the Titans fought. Yeah. All of the Titans fought. It's like there, there was a, there was a quote that was, uh, there's only three ways to kill a Titan. And there's only oh, there's only three weaknesses of a titan, and that is going to be hubris, folly, and, and another, <laughs> and, <laughs> Sorry. and and another of its kind. There's only three ways, All and right. so like uh, in my head, it's like at some point, Sanguinius was like, "Well, we've never had to fight titans before because if we did find another titan, or like we did find like an elder titan, or like a guardian, or something like that." They would just call up on a Titan Legion and be like, "Hey, bros, can y'all swing by? We got a we got a, a <laughs> large issue over here." And then the Titan would be like, "Yeah," they'd be like, "Yeah, roll up," and they show up, handle business, and leave. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, oh man, I could end up rolling up against an entire legion of these monsters who like is you know bros with Horus. <laughs> and so, what am I supposed to do in that case? And so, in my head cannon, which I think sounds totally reasonable, <laughs> is. At some point, Sanguinius had been like, you know what? Titans are a problem. And I'm tired of my strong young men <laughs> dying to Titans. I'm going to get a host of people. I'm going to put together a, uh, <laughs> a crack team of specialists. <laughs> a team of specialists to say, hey, handle these Titans. And that is what my Memetum court is, my Memetum host. And so looks wise, you know, I know it's kind of like, jump of the gun here is they have gold turrets because it's kind of cla- like 
classic. There's a lot of gold in Blood Angels, oh, but yeah. like when you look at like Sanguinary Guard and stuff like that, they're all golden now and all that stuff. Yep. So gold turrets, normal red body and all this stuff. But at the same time, I thought, well, like the 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 new Mechanicus and the new Fabricator General is not going to be like, yeah, bro, get out there and just fuck these Titans up. So he's going to be like, hey, man, those are expensive. <laughs> please, <laughs> please don't. This delicate machinery. Please do not break that. And then very well maintained for thousands of years. <laughs> it's like it's not the Titans fault that the, uh, the princeps is an asshole. The princeps decided to fo- follow Horus, you know. And so it, it, with that respect in that regard, you know, I feel like they would like want to not only kind of maybe shadow this this host, they'd probably have like some sort of like mechanicus like overseer to say like, hey man, like don't shoot him there. Like don't blast that core or whatever. Um, but there will also be kind of like, if you shoot him here, uh, everyone who can see it probably dies. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so like, it would be a, it would be more along the lines of like a, a lot of disabling equipment, like a lot of like, like in the case of like a neutron blaster, or like maybe even a conversion beamer, like subdue it. Yeah. Subdue the machine so that you can capture it and all this stuff, get inside of it, kill the, like rip the princeps out and all this stuff versus like, you know, Sanguinius going in there with his spear in the neck and like killing that Titan in, in Saturnine, taking the head off the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so with that in mind, I feel like there would be an overseer, and like in that case, like in my head cannon, my in the looks of my tanks, I want to put a, a seal of the new Mechanicus on the actual turret. So when you look at it, you'd be like, "Well, they're clearly it's like a badge of like, hey, we're working with Mechanicus on this." So hey, this guy said we could do it. Yeah, this guy said it's legal. And then they're, they're like some Mervyn in I court. A, I got a tax stamp for this conversion beamer. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's some, some like, uh, some may goes, Oh, you, you, you should have left it. We were taking care of it. Or, you know, like, don't touch the trim. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're just salivating at the thought of this Titan. And then like, you see it covered in filthy, filthy blood angels. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so anyway, so that was like, Full steam ahead for that thing. And so, like, that is what I've been doing this weekend during d and I've got, I got three Predators assembled. Uh, during Hobby Hangout, Saturday night, I uh, went to town and, like, started painting these boys up. Got their tanks painted up red. Um, got the decals put on. Got the weathering done. And so, and I, I, in one fell swoop, I put together all of my, all of my turrets, which are the, uh, like neutralizing turrets um, and went through and hit them all with the army painters, greedy gold. Mm. Oh yeah. Because uh, Gupton didn't have uh, the retributor armor. Okay. And he's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, you know, retributor armor is good. He goes, but I much actually refer prefer in this. If you're going spray can for this greedy gold, it dude, that thing came out. Glossy and goldy. It just pops. It pops. And then in addition, I, like gold. I hit it with uh, uh, the tester's uh, gloss coat. Yeah. So I can put uh, uh, decals on it. Yeah. And dude, it looks buttery smooth. Just mint. Yeah, mint. And then so I'm going to put the... I'm going to put the decals on, get those bad boys on there, and then I'm going to put some Blood Angel decals on there. And then, because, dude, once you put that layer of uh, gloss coat down, or I guess that even that layer of greedy gold, 
there ain't no paint sticking to that. So like, <laughs> just slip like I can't, I can't do anything else with that it's model. Hydrophobic. Yeah. Like everything just pulls up in little balls and it's like, okay. And so I got to wipe that off. So I have to get my decals on, which I don't have. I have to go pick those up from locker. And then, then once those are on and those are set, I can go in and I can actually like dull coat it so I can make it basically paintable again. Okay. So Makes sense. it's going to be worth it. Yeah, man, I hope so. Um, but in addition, since the last time we talked, uh, I did pick up a Typhon. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of this uh, little segment here mm-hmm. was um, I've been wanting a Typhon just to paint. Right. Uh, I, I, uh, I've been wanting to paint just a giant Typhon. I did want to do kind of an unboxing on it because I, I kind of figure it's a one of those tanks that's not that not a lot of people are going to purchase. And to see like what you kind of get in different versus the Spartan, you know, it's, it really is just one upgrades, one upgrade frame on that one. Um, you can't build a Spartan out of it. You, it's because it's missing the front frame for the actual hatch and all that jazz. Yeah, like the, 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 the giant hole in it, right? Yeah. yeah. The assault ramp. Yeah. The assault ramp. And, and so it, it's, I was trying to see if it was going to be something that would be magnetizable to make like, it's like, I don't want a Spartan today. I want a Typhon today. Blah, blah. You, Technically could, but you are be a you, lot of effort. You better be a damn good modeler if you want to do that. Because <laughs> that is not something that's simply simply gonna happen. Would you say easier or harder than the Omni Blade? Uh way harder than the Omni Blade. Okay. Way harder than the Omni Blade. The, for those of you not familiar, that's the the plastic Bane Blade kit with the like twelve variants and then magnetized so you just hot swap the one you want. Yeah, no, this would be much more difficult than that. Mainly because the, uh, you know, on the Spartan, how the ridges, you lock them into the actual yeah. uh, turrets. There's a, the front piece also locks in and slides into the top. Oh, so you would have yeah. to remove that and then magnetize. Like you'd have to basically trim those sides off uh, to make that happen. Mm. And then you've got a, like, a, like a wiggly top in front. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, depending on the magnets you get, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> th- at that point. If you've got the bits to do it, you have a second Spartan. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, um, so I I got my Typhon together. I got it painted up. I did like I like I had in my head. I had like a, a song. Like actually, I told Tyler before like, he even knew the Titan was on Typhon was on sale. I did the what song I wanted to use and like what I wanted to do. It was hard. <laughs> and uh, oh, for the for the uh, the speed build. Yep. Yeah, for, yeah, it was yeah. like it's just like a real quick speed build. I I 100 had that in mind. I was like, I'm gonna make this video. Oh yeah. And if, you, uh, if y'all haven't seen that, y'all need to check it out. It's bumping. And so I, I made that video, got that going, and then as soon as I dropped the video, I was like enjoying the people liking the reel and all that stuff. Like proud of my work on my TikTok, <laughs> and uh, I get my email from my Patreon. I'm part of the artisans of all Patreon. And he's like, look at this plasma tri plasma that I released for the Typhon. I was like, what? Who's working on stuff for the Typhon, man? <laughs> like, did you, did you email this to me specifically? Is this not even your mailing list? Dude, I was, who, who else is working? I on was Typhon so program? mad that like, I'm pretty sure I got a message immediately after Michael saw that. And I was like, bro, look at this shit. I was like, can you believe this? <laughs> One day, a like six hours after I've assembled a full Typhon, you released this. I put the black gloves on for this shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, <I'm> t- <laughs> Dude, people called me out for the black gloves, <laughs> no, by the way. <laughs> like, one of the comments under that video is, it's like, a, 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 who wears black gloves to assemble models? And it's like, Michael does. And they're like, we know that's Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. 
Because <laughs> immediately, immediately after the assembly is done, black gloves are gone as my hands. <laughs> Just so y'all know, that was in fact me. I did put that together, and 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 just a little a little under the hood action, right? I thought like, okay, black gloves. We can all agree are cool as shit, right? They I think everybody cool. knows. Like, yeah. yeah. If I see a uh, a YouTuber or whatever, and he's got black gloves on, I know we mean business. <laughs> I, I like I know it's it's going down. If he's got blue gloves on, I just change the channel. I don't like I don't trust that. But if he's got black gloves on, it's like, oh, okay. This man of class. This man of class. So he's fine. He's gonna finally and so that's what I was going for, right? He's I'm gonna you up, like, risk it. It was exactly, exactly. It was all uh all uh, uh showmanship with the black gloves. <laughs> Problem is I get sweaty hands. Okay, so I'm like Halfway into assembling a Typhon, those gloves come off. I can't. They're too sweaty. Yep. They peel off. And they make that <laughs> noise when they come off. So that's why. Like, a, like an unlubed FEP. <laughs> normally, yeah. normally that would be a Jake assembly. But uh, this time I did it myself. Had to do it for the video. Had to do it for the video. And, you know, but good call out. That would have been the, that would have been the case. And I'm like, hey, Jake, you need to go assemble this. <laughs> Put the gloves accurate. on. <laughs> not accurate, but it was funny. So, uh, but no, I got the Typhon built up and then immediately almost, it was a Typhon for probably like nine hours because I think I finished it up like two in the morning and then like. You went to work as soon as I gave it to you. As, as soon as I saw that thing dropped, as soon as I showed everybody it was a Typhon, I saw the email I loaded up that file in my Mono X6K sideways, so it would be a shorter print yep. <laughs> and light supports, so that'd be like, and uh, sent it to go. And I think it was probably like 11 hours after they dropped, uh, they dropped the actual STL. I had mine printed, painted, and put on the model. Hell yeah, yeah there you go. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a busy week for that. So what I'm going to use it for? No idea. That doesn't <laughs> exist. Try plasma on plasma a Spartan. Yeah. Plasma plasma Cerberus is the only thing I think. I mean, you could technically use it, I guess as a Typhon and just pretend it's just a big old blob of plasma instead of, uh, uh, an actual doom hammer, doom hammer. Yeah. A dread hammer, dread hammer, doom hammer. I can't remember. Anyway. I need a dread hammer, doom hammer. I think it's one of the main blades. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever, big I'll old, track. big old cool. plasma blob. They just wanted to look cool with it. And I got to practice some of my plasma painting, and my fake glow, which came out okay, but I think I definitely need to work on it. The old reverse plasma glow. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, got that done, got that finished, and I mean, I think I think tank wise, man, I think like painting in general wise, it's kind of like chugging them tanks down, chugging them tanks down, dude. Yeah, it's like an assembly line. Watching you work on the hobby hangout, it's just like. You just see one tank and like, oh, that's gray. I look away, model a little bit, come back. It's red. It's getting moved off the camera. Another gray tank coming on. It's black. It's red. It's off the camera. Like, it's uh, nice to watch. It, it was funny. Industry in motion. Because <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find a way to transport all these tanks. And uh, uh, there was a guy that lives down the street who's selling a super cheap uh, Pelican case, uh, like a rifle style Pelican case, a 1700. And I was like, yeah, that's perfect. You know, if I'm going to go to the, like, if I'm going to transport a bunch of tanks. And so literally I was like, man, I wonder how many tanks I could fit in here. It is 
not even the full tanks that I have. Like it is yeah, a 36 yeah, inch yeah. by 18 tank uh, case. Okay. And uh, I can fit like front to butt, everything touching. I can fit like nothing, like 22 tanks in there. Okay. Which is what I have now. And I still have nine tanks unassembled that I have to still put together. And you just found out that predators can take four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm under. Like, my sabers aren't in there. My but my basilisks are definitely not in there. My fell blades definitely not in there. I'm going to get the Cerberus. My Typhon's not in there. Yeah, I'm going to need and some. And it looks like you got a gun with you wherever you take this thing. Yes. <laughs> you got to be a little careful rolling this up in the mall. I'm going to have to cover it with a lot of stickers, <laughs> which I got now. <laughs> so <laughs> everything comes together. I'm gonna put, if we get a big bumper sticker that says "Not a gun," <laughs> <laughs> not suspicious at all. <laughs> They're all sir, <laughs> sir. No, it says "Not up, a gun." Up, 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 up. Read the sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I'm going to a mall with a gun case. <laughs> It's not a gun. I mean, it's a Pelican case. It keeps stuff safe, but... Yeah, but it's 36 by 18 inches. <laughs> this man got a rifle. <laughs> I'll have to show you. Once we're done with this podcast, I'll have to show you my, my wrap, coffin wrap case. Wrap chains or something so it looks like you can't get into it too quick. <laughs> no, so no, 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 no. Please, just, just put a timer on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little time lock to keep me out of it so you know you're safe. <laughs> no, no. Why does it tick so loud? So that everybody knows it's a timer... <laughs> I put pop caps on it when it opens <laughs> so that I know somebody's trying to steal from me. <laughs> this is really, I worked really hard on these vehicles. <laughs> I'm not trying to get my vehicle stolen, so I put little snap caps when you open it. It'll pop off and scare the, the burglars. <laughs> no, that, that is always the like fears. Like when we got Pelican cases and stuff like that with Titans in them, it's like somebody's going to steal these things like camera equipment or guns or other expensive stuff. Look into it. They see what they think is toys and just throw it. I'd get yeah. mad. Like, I'd get mad if I went through all that trouble stealing. It's like, how is this plastic worth more than this whole case? <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, man, that is, that is a hundred percent what I've been working on. Uh, I'm, uh, so like, as of the last podcast, I got four predators painted, uh, like 11 turrets painted and then, uh, a Typhon and then a Typhon upgrade paint. That's what I did. Hell yeah. I've been doing some work. I'm busy. It's a busy week. Uh, what about you, Dirk? So uh, I've just been chugging along on my Ultramarines. I'm at the very boarding stage of blocking in all my medals on my infantry with all the gold, all the like trim on my Mark Threes, all the guns, and just really, really, really boring. But I did get some games in. I decided to dust off the old Space Wolves, my original Orbital Assault list from last edition. That was like my very first Heresy list. I kind of got that converted up to the new edition with the drop pod assault because I keep seeing people back and forth on whether it's good or not. Like it on paper, it looks like it got nerfed a couple times where it's like now that interceptor is a thing and people can just light you up as soon as you walk in and then light you up if you try to shoot your pistols or shoot anything you got at them and then light you up when you try to charge them. And then like the disorganized thing versus organized where your opponent gets to place your drop pods. A lot of people just not, like we're telling me like, oh, drop pods are just not what they used to be. Like they're just, they're not good anymore. There's a lot more restrictions on what you can run. Nothing else can deep strike if you use drop pods. So I'm like, you know what? I just, I want to get, I want to look at this and see what it can do. Cause we were talking about, you know, dread claws. You can assault out of them with drop pod assault. So it's like, if you drop in a bunch of dread claws and an ambulance with your Primark and a whole bunch of stuff, 
that could get really nuts. I think one of the things that helped was like uh, in the chat, we just like had like an open, like what is the worst possible case scenario that could happen to you with drop pods? And like when you put it out there, it's not that bad. Well, the worst case scenario is you put down your first pod. It scatters in a really weird way where there's not a viable location within 18 inches, Mm -hmm. which I don't understand how that would be the case because it can only scatter 12 inches and you have to put it down in what I assume is a viable location. Yeah. So because it still has the uh, uh, inertial guidance system or whatever it's called. Well, when you're running a deep strike or a drop pod assault, if it scatters onto something, your opponent gets to place it within 18 inches. Oh, okay. Into a, a location that it could go in. If there is not a location within 18 inches, then they get to put it anywhere on the table. Which is not ideal. And very argu- arguable as well, as far as like, they, you can find a spot within 18. Yeah. If you put it in a viable spot, you cannot scatter more than 12 inches away from it. Right. So that, that spot would de facto be within 18 inches. Yep. Uh, so I'm just going to not count that as a possibility unless there's some weird stuff going on where models are moving during that process. Yeah. But so you're going to be somewhere within like 36 inches of where you put this, assuming the worst possible scatter. Yes. Uh, then you roll a D six. If you roll a one or a one, two or three, while there's a master of signal on the table, then it becomes disorganized and your opponent gets to place the rest of your drop pods and they don't scatter. And in the case of drop pot assault, there would not be a master signal on the table. Not one of mine, at least. Yeah. Oh. If your opponent has a master of signal, that's something to be aware of. Mm. So. Or if you have an allied attachment that has a master of signal as well. Correct. Because the detachment for a drop pot assault, everything that's not in a drop pot of some kind has to be in reserves and it cannot deploy except by walking onto your board edge from reserves. So no outflanking, no deep striking, no uh, area denial drop. Although Alamo GT and probably Warzone are going to allow you to bring area denial drop. Because I brought this up and they're like, oh, that's stupid. You could 100% bring Death Storm drop pods to your drop pod list. There's a couple people that brought that up. Yeah. Uh, well, I just know like they like they came in and said, no, you can run these at this event. We're, we're going to allow people to do this because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But those restrictions are only on the detachment using that right of war. So you can bring a Typhon. And because it's your Lord of War, it starts on the table. It's a separate detachment. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Or you can bring an allied detachment and have them start on the table. Correct. But but yeah, so if there's a master of signal, then 50% of the time your opponent gets to place your drop pods. And when you're placing them, they have to be within 24 inches of the first one. Uh, after those all get placed, then anything within six inches of your drop pods and of your opponents has to take a pinning check. After that, your drop pods open up and the units get out and then your opponent can intercept. They can intercept your drop pods and they can intercept anything disembarking from your drop pods. So uh, because of the way it's worded, if you come down in a, in a dread claw, it has to, your unit has to disembark from them. So because they're disembarking, it has to drop into hover mode. But because it's not deploying from deep strike assault, then it doesn't get to heat blast. Right. So it's one of those things. If it's doing normal deep strike assault, I think it does get to heat blast, but you can't charge out of it. And you also don't get the option to deep strike assault in drop pod assault. It forces it into drop pod assault. Right. 
I'm just saying, like, taking that right of war versus doing a different right of war just with a bunch of dreadclaws. So I think it's a trade-off. I think getting the... If the first pod you place is a dreadclaw, I don't think it can scatter bad enough to where it can, you don't get the charge. No. Because you get that full disembark from it, and then you get your charge. Yes. How far is the disembark? Uh, the model's movement. Gotcha. And then your charge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like... For example, I run Space Wolves with it. They get their Legion trait where they can run and still charge. They get that when they disembark. Gotcha. So. They're in your face. Yeah, but I do not run Dreadclaws because I don't have Dreadclaws. So I ran a couple games with that. One was against John, and he was running his Iron Hands. And we're playing it like an ambush style mission where he deployed in the middle of the board. And then I dropped in. And that game got kind of weird. We're testing a different mission. And. Basically, I hit Medusa Immortals with a bunch of stuff, and they just said, okay, and then kept going. Uh, I brought two Leviathans, because that's what I had for the list, and I feel less bad about it now, because, lo- like, Contemptors are really good. Leviathans are more expensive for not as much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, just circling back, though, to yeah, the up? Drop Pot Assault, okay? Because we were, we we're kind of talking there about the... Like in the case of putting a Anvilus first, right? Yeah. Anvilus, like that that would probably be ideal because like yeah. you can't charge out of the drop pods. Right. If you get the, the disorganized, because you put the first one down before you even see if it's disorganized or not. If it is disorganized, that first one doesn't move. Mm-hmm. So your opponent doesn't get to place it all the way 24 inches away. The guys have to get out and they get shot. And then your turn, they get back in the Anvilus and then it flies up. So, so I guess, you know, if you did have an Anvilus and you are playing Dropout Assault, the Anvilus is the first one you want to put down. Yeah. Or if you have a Charybdis with like a Primark and a bunch of Terminators in it. Gotcha. Like you drop that first. Let's say it scatters 12 inches directly away. You still have enough movement to get close. And then you just bring in your drop pods around it, which are possibly just going to have shooters in it or... They're definitely, or, or if you have more dread claws, because the right of war now allows you to take dread claws as dedicated transports. Gotcha. Okay. No, I was curious about that. And so, yeah, I was kind of looking into making like the the first turn assault Primark Death Star with it, just because somebody's going to do it. And I know there's people who kind of have lists built around that from last edition. So, like, these are floating around, and it's definitely something to be aware of. Because if we're just, you know, going crazy with Primark Death Stars charging turn one, this is a way to do it. And you tested this? Like, did you did you test just drop out assault in general? Uh, I was just testing it in general with my old list, because that's what I have, which is not a great list. It was an okay list when I made it, and it's not a great list now. Because I've got, like, uh, Gray Slayers with Bolters. So anything that's shooty is out shooting me. Anything assaulty is out assaulting me. I think earlier we were talking about like worst case scenario. So like when you do land, what is the worst case scenario you can see as like far as people shooting at you? Uh, So I'm still testing that. The list I run, I do have two units of Meltavets, which don't do what they used to do. And a unit of Plasma, uh, plasma Gun Support Squad, mm-hmm. which does not do what it used to do. So, uh, against, against John, I forget. Okay. So my plasma squad dropped and lit up a dreadnought and did a lot of, uh, they did a lot of wounds to it, but they didn't kill it. 
they kind of got wiped out by Gorgon Terminators uh, along with my Deathsworn. But Deathsworn do still do work. Like, those guys rule. The The way they changed the stasis bombs on them to where now they just get Fleshbane on their axes, it's they're really good now. But basically that game was just me hitting an anvil and his stuff was tougher than mine was strong. No, I gotcha. But the, the we only got like three turns in because the mission was like a kind of like a thing where the attacker kind of kept kept bringing units in. So when one of my units got wiped, they could walk on the table. And it was like he has to like last against it. And so he had some extra like defense emplacements and things like that. So we got like two turns in and it was like four, four and a half hours into the game. We're like, look, I got to go home. It's, it's, it's getting late. I'm about to get yelled at. This is where the Whataburger conversation came up. Pretty sure. No, no, no. That was, that was a plane is playing my ultramarines against him. But, and then, uh, the other day I played against Cody's blood angels and he was testing day of revelations. No, day of sorrows. I'm sorry. Day of sorrows. You're right. You're right. Uh, he was running his terminators as crimson paladins just because, Last edition, they really weren't anything special. We, he really wasn't excited about them. And he kind of wants to see what they do this edition. But not being able to deep strike stuff, just he wasn't. It's very difficult, for, especially for Crimson Paladins. Yeah. Because they're not very fast. And you do have to put them in transport. So therefore, you got to find something that can transport Terminators. Unless your opponent delivers them to you in drop pods. <laughs> Your opponent delivers them to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would kind of be the only... That would be the best case scenario, right? As your opponent just shows up in a gift wrap with drop pods <laughs> right in front of you. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be nice. Yeah. So it's like I try to put my stuff all on one side, but we had hammer and anvil deployment, so he's on the short edge. So I don't really get to exploit one flank. Uh, the like His shooty unit, he had two units that were kind of shooty. Uh, the Angel's Tears with the Assault Cannons and then a Volkite Heavy Support Squad. All Assault Cannons? Yeah. How'd they do? Uh, <laughs> they didn't do anything. They were too far away to do anything. My One of my Leviathans ran up on them and they just kind of like rendered him down. They needed six to wound him anyway, so. <laughs> wow. Like that is 40 shots out of that unit. And was it a full squad of squad of 10? Yeah. All Assault Cannons? Yeah. 40 shots? Yeah. Ballistic Seal 5? Uh, maybe. Are they? I believe so. He was okay. rolling dice for days when I went over there. I mean, they had a couple turns to do it because, like, they, they they were not getting assaulted by it. Like, they shot him, and then he moved up and tried to charge, and they overwatched him, and he failed his charge, and then they killed him. Okay. So it, it was over a few turns. And then they can move 12 inches, and they like that's all they did was just kill a... They did not make their points back? I've heard crazy things about this unit. So well, so I deployed everything as far away from them as I could. Oh, okay. Like, the Leviathan was the only target they had in range. Oh, a Leviathan. Okay, yes. that's a, I don't know why I was thinking Contemptor. Mm-hmm. Nah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leviathan's going to be a little bit tougher to crack. Yeah, so against John, my Leviathans were just kind of like Contemptors, but more expensive. Okay. But he also has Iron Hands Contemptors, which are toughness 8, effectively, when you're shooting at them. Because they, they, they subtract from your strength when you're shooting at them. But against Cody, they did. One of them got tied in with uh, his assault unit with his Praetor in it and a chaplain, and he just kind of stood there and killed two of them a turn until he beat them. Hmm. Uh, my plasma squad got intercepted by his Volkite squad and got immediately deleted. And then his Volkite squad just kind of spent the game shooting everything. No, no, they're both skill four. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so 
drop pods are better than I thought they were. My list is super unoptimized, and every one of my units needs to be tweaked, except for my Deathsworn. Deathsworn are doing great. Love those guys. Okay. Uh, they took a charge from Assault Marines because he didn't want to activate my Legion trait, or my uh, my Legion reaction, which was smart on his, his part. Uh, and so he just hit me with those guys, and I just tanked it with all the... All the artificer armor and the the uh, feel no pain because he's like throwing down like uh, blades of perdition that are like throwing brutal two wounds everywhere, but he's not getting his rending. So it's like, all right, cool. I made I made both my two up saves. What else you got? Mm. Oh, you okay? All your chain swords. You killed a guy. He still gets a swing. So enjoy that later. Okay. But by the end of it, it was just like three turns and we just both looked like hell. Like we've just been beating the crap out of each other all game. I went over there multiple times and I'm like, how's it going? And simultaneously, <laughs> both of them would go, we're both, lo- or, I'm, we're, I'm, I'm losing. losing. I'm, I'm like, losing. Uh, <laughs> how is this working? It's one yeah. of those things that was uh, like, because when you think of like Day of Sorrows, they get better towards the end of the game because like once they're beat up a little bit they start getting hatred on everything and yeah well so I would beat up a unit and then kill it <laughs> oh okay God, let me finish that off not gonna make those people angry <laughs> squash this in the box <laughs> <laughs> just yeah well, like his Crimson Paladins charged one of my Grey Slayer squads and this game I was using them with the shields instead of the bolters and <laughs> my uh, my speaker of the dead He's like an apothecary chaplain. He's in the challenge, so my Praetor can kill paladins. And he has a mastercrafted power mall, because that's what he gets. Mm-hmm. And he's just... He, he won that challenge in, like, three turns. And I don't know how he did it. He's an absolute mad lad. <laughs> like, he just kept shrugging off his, like, refractor field. And then just, all right, here's two wounds with a power mall. And he just, oh, failed. All right, take a wound. Yeah, Blades of Perdition are definitely not the same as Blade of Perdition as last edition. Yeah, he's used to uh, the games we played last edition where his assault squad would charge a unit and then just overrun it and keep going. But the two units that he'd hit... Weapon skill 5? No, my guys are weapon skill 5 on the charge. Oh, okay. Like, my uh, my Death Sworn are weapon skill 4, but since they're heavy, they don't get to run and charge. Instead, they go up a weapon skill on the charge. Okay. And I was really hoping to get that off, but... Uh, he knew if he moved that I was just going to chase him down and use my reaction to charge him. So he didn't let me do that. Okay. Which is fair. That was the correct decision because that would have been a very different char- uh, very different combat. And he's getting plus one to his wounds and stuff like that. So Yeah. Uh, Hitting on fours, winning on threes with his but, assault guys. But yeah, just his stuff wasn't doing what it used to. And so he's like, he from his perspective, he's hitting a unit and then nothing's happening. And that's just because you're passing your artificer armor. Yeah, the, the Death Sworn, it's because, oh, it's Brutal 2? Cool. You didn't get your rending on your Blade of Perdition. All right, I got two, two of my two-up saves. Right. I failed one. I've got Feel No Pain from my cha- my Apothecary Chaplain, who is refusing challenges and ducking in the back because he's not a character right now. He's a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> he's not here to fight. He's here to heal. <laughs> he's busy. The Literally. doctor is not in. <laughs> Literally, every turn he was in combat, he refused a challenge and didn't get to swing his Mastercrafted Power Maul once. But why would he? It's a, it's a power mall. <laughs> I just I just imagine it's AP four. It's like who amongst you will take my challenge? You chaplain and like way in the back. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm good. <laughs> we'll, 
What? <laughs> no, these guys got it. <laughs> Get up here. <laughs> you. <laughs> you're a coward. Uh, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> Just like Shorzy. <laughs> <laughs> like, your chaplain's the Shorzy of a. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I got to black out some of his missing teeth now. <laughs> He's got them hockey teeth. Uh, but yeah, so I didn't do, I didn't feel like I did particularly stellar. I did better than I thought I was going to do considering my list is like not any kind of tune for this kind of meta. Like my, in both games, my melt vets did nothing. They couldn't deep strike close enough to touch John Spartan. So they shot at a, a uh, they shot at a contemptor and they wounded it on fours. Oof. Okay. Yeah, because strength eight, toughness eight. Yeah. Yep. Or it goes strength seven, toughness seven, because the minus one. But yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Because yeah. he's iron hands, so I'm down by one on my strength when I'm shooting him. Okay. So yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. That sucks. Glad that's not a Leviathan. Uh, Leviathans did better against Cody because we were in combat, and so the toughness eight really helped. Because uh, like his melta bombs are like, cool. I have to hit you. All right. Uh, I need. Need to wound you. Yeah, I need fives. I need fives to hit in the first place. So, yeah. But I'll say it was cool to to look over because they were setting up and you know doing terrain, and I was playing forty k boarding, boarding patrol or boarding action, and I look over and then there's just drop pods oh. for days <laughs> everywhere, dude. There's like on oh, top of buildings, oh yeah. drop pods, like they're just spread out everywhere. I, I think I'd used a clamp to put one on top of one of the buildings, like <laughs> like, like where it's canted to the side, where it's just hit and stuck. Hell yeah! <laughs> you bought like a can, like a, 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 a clamp from here. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I pull a little like a uh, little Walmart clamp, and <laughs> Locker's like, "Did you just have that? What's the, where's, where's the story with this?" <laughs> Like, you never played drop pod assault? Like, <laughs> this man doesn't drop pod. <laughs> it's either this or blue tack. <laughs> and uh, one of these is easier to get off the paint. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. That I, so all of your drop pods coming in turn one guaranteed? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah it's bonkers. That's absolutely nuts. If I had a Volkite heavy support squad or just, just more shooty units in general, which they do have to snap shoot because they're disembarking, but... Maybe you play Death Guard and you don't have to worry about that. Dude, that, that's where I'm leaning right now is I'm looking at a drop pot assault list with Nemesis Bolters is what is what I'm kind of curious about yeah, with so, Vets. Okay, because Vets are relentless, so they don't care that it's heavy. And they're also Bliss Skill 5. So No, wait. Yeah. Weapon Skill 5. Weapon Skill 5. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Vets, this list also has me wondering, like, maybe I make a command squad. Because for, for five guys, a command squad is like five points more expensive but you get artificer armor on everybody, and they have the standard on everybody. Yeah, command squad oh. just comes with artificer armor. Oh wow! They start at three models because it's the standard bearer and then two chosen. If you upgrade them to two more guys, which is eighteen points a model, they come out to be five points more expensive than five uh, veterans, which are also eighteen points a model. Veterans have like better gun options, I think. But if you're going into combat, command squads are dope. I don't know why more people aren't running command squads. Yeah, that's why I was looking at the uh, the Ophanum Court. The yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Ophanum Court. Ophanum. It's the the exemplary pre, battles one. Yeah, pre sanguinary guard like court. Yeah, those are neat. I don't. They're, they're super kind of. They're a little weird. They're really good in drop pods. 
Like that's kind of like what I was thinking was because they are all artificer armor, all weapon skill five, mm-hmm. uh, two wounds. That's a command squad, and they basically just a command squad with uh, that. You just load up, that, send them, send them party. That's what a command squad does. Yeah. <laughs> Can they take a drop pod naturally? No. Uh, they can't even take a rhino naturally, so I don't even know how. You, but they can take. I, if they can't take a rhino, then you can't. Because a console, a console can't take a rhino either, right? Right. You could buy a dreadclaw and put them in it, which would be helpful for them because they could charge first turn. That'd probably be the way to go anyway. Yeah, because then that puts them in the drop on assault and first turn charge. Yeah. How many guys does it go to? Five. Okay, because the command squad only goes up to nine. But yeah, so I've been looking at this and like, man, I could do a bunch of cool stuff for my spacewolves right now, but I need to be working on ultramarines. I need to get those done. I need, <laughs> I've got other stuff I wanted to do after ultramarines and now I'm printing up like a crash ship for terrain. So I got work to do. I got I to gotta post up in that hobby hangout and I got to get busy. It's good stuff. You got, you're, you're printing up a crash ship right now? Yeah, it's sort of like uh, pieces of like, like a Battlefleet Gothic escort ship. Yeah, no, I've seen it. Uh, Brian actually like posts up. They just like send us a picture of his like already printed one. Yeah, he uh, it's good to go. Yeah, I think it's the same files. Is it printing right now? Yes. Do you monitor it at all? Uh, so this one's FDM. I make sure the first layer goes down, and then I check on it every now and then. Okay. If you put a pie on there. A Raspberry Pi? Yeah. I, I've seen the Octoprint stuff. You can uh, it'll do the detection if it fails. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. You put a, you put a, the Pi camera with the Raspberry Pi, and if it starts seeing the spaghetti, it'll just stop. Yeah. Just the AI will just like, oh, I see that. I recognize this pattern. Let me send the stop code. Dude, what was crazy is, because I used to run the Octoprint, mm-hmm. and I don't know what happened or like if it adjusted my G code or the what. supports, bro. The supports, like it just would not come so I off. Using mine. It's like the the supports were like welded on for whatever reason with that Octoprint, and I was wondering because, like, at the time, you know, we were kind of both FDM printing, and then like Ryan was FDM printing, mm-hmm. and like Ryan would just like, like his stuff would just buttery come off, and then now I see they got like the, the tree supports and stuff like that, the tree like supports the the like. organic supports. I think they're called. Yeah, too. yeah. It's just like that's what I use. I yeah. love them. Yeah. It's so like. Yeah, I There's still no need model. to. I, I need to practice with those and get better with those. I'm having a lot of like stringing issues right Dude, now. Dude, that's what I was telling uh, Cody is, like he he was asking me about like doing like the buildings or whatever. Yeah. The crash buildings, and I was like, I can do them, but like I have bad stringing between like the windows and stuff, and that's yeah, it, I, I can't figure not, it out. It's not hard to clean. It's just time, dude. Yeah, it's more. Like, time. I've, I've tried messing with my retraction. I've tried having it do like the the wipe move where yep. it travels in the model before it does a travel. Yep. So it like wipes the nozzle I off. Tried, but. I tried retraction. I tried. I thought it was an overflow issue. Like a uh, uh, yeah. so I reduced my flow to like ninety five percent and just can't get it to go away. Yeah, man. I don't know. It might be I'm running too much heat, and so even yeah. with the retraction, I still got some like trippage. It's a little excited and just dribbles a little. Yeah, I, I'm running to the same issue with mine. It, I, it, I get I got real spoiled on those resin prints where you got exposure yeah. and you've got your Z, and that's all you have to deal with. You press go and you get a model. You yeah, get toxic waste. Yeah, but you get a model. You get a model. It's crazy. It, it really is like crazy. The difference between like FDM, like right now FDM, the only reason like you would go for something like that is the size, right? For sure. But there's going to be a point where like yeah, 
13 by 13, 15 by 15 yeah, the, is like the standard build plate now. The, the yeah. same size print that I'm doing right now is like 20 hours on my FDM. It'd be like maybe maybe 14 in the resin. Yeah, that, that's the other thing is it takes so long. It takes for fucking ever. It's, <laughs> I mean. Well, I don't know that new one, that new. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, modern FDM printers like. Uh, the dual nozzles and stuff? Or? Well, Locker was saying that uh, one, of the, one of the people Bamboo. he works with. One of the people he works with has got a new uh, 3D printer. And he had some like some files he sent him to print off for like some ships that he'd like gone on Kickstarter mm-hmm. and, or Kickstarter Patreon, something like that. But the quality on him was just mint, just, just yep. good quality. And he said, yeah, it took, you know, like, like I think it's like five hours to print. I'm like, that's nuts. Yeah, right? yeah. Because it's like the, about the same size of what I'm printing now. I'm like, five hours is nothing for this. Is it the ones where, like, it doesn't have the XYZ? It has, like, the the pendulum oh, oh the, the three axis yeah. no oh the predator <laughs> like yeah. the yeah the the no but those are those are those are really cool. those are the future too. man yeah the the build plate gets a lot smaller with those but the the three axis printers are are nuts this is the bamboo the bamboo they like it's one of the faster printers out now yeah i don't remember what this one was called but i just i was looking at the the thing i was like yeah it's probably the level i could print how much cleaning did you do to it he's like none like oh oh yeah he printed it raw right yeah. oh that's yeah some of the stuff failed because he didn't even print supports mm-hmm. but not as much as you would think that's like, crazy the, the the bridging on it was just impeccable now they've got slicing methods where instead of it like printing all the way out it'll print like concentric circles out on an overhang oh to make like an arch like the slow slow not even an arch it'll just be like a like a Christmas tree where it goes up and then just goes out at ninety degrees oh interesting into like a reverse funnel. Yep. It can print that by just doing like small concentric circles away from it. Gotcha. To uh so it's only going out just like a single bead. And it just looks like it was supported, but it wasn't. It's beautiful. But yeah, there's there's nut stuff you can do with modern FDM printing. It's just I'm I'm still using the same printer I used back in what, twenty 2018, 2019. Yeah, when you think yeah. about it, when you, when you think about it, it's like in PC, Would you would you go use a, a photon right now? Nah. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to think like I'm so far in the FDM game. Like like I pull out the i3 megas. I'm like, yeah, I'll print something FDM. It's like, well, what's out there now? Yeah, like, let, what's let me the fire up the old dinosaurs? Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, well, it'll be fine. You know, like, there's probably stuff out there like smoke when you turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta choke it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pow, backfires. No, that's, how you, that's how you know it's gonna run good. <laughs> For real. Something like old dot matrix printer. <laughs> exactly what it sounds like. Hey man, I swap my drivers out. I don't sound like that. No, no more. Yeah, I, I did the board upgrade. It's quiet as hell. Bo- my- the driver upgrade and the uh, uh, what other upgrade did I do? The I can't remember. I did the the BL touch on mine, and God, it the automatic leveling. Leveling was always the worst. That's like thirty oh. bucks, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, it just it just like a dot matrix, basically. Yeah. That does, but I, I think now that's getting to be more of a standard feature is the auto level. Yeah, because that's sure. that's always the hardest part, like getting used to when you start printing. But, yeah, that's kind of what, what I've been doing. I've been thinking about doing cool stuff for guys. I need to put on the back burner. I need to finish what I'm trying to finish so I can do other stuff. <laughs> so I can do fun stuff. <laughs> I got to eat my vegetables before I get my dessert. Well, I mean, that's yeah. just how my brain works. Like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I got this done? What about this? And just 
I just, I can't do it. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be better than that. Totally feel that. Yeah. So what you, Tyler, what are you doing? What have you been working on? Man, it's been kind of a slow hobby week. I mean, it's been what, two, three weeks since I've been on. So yeah, I've been working on, uh, my suzerains, uh, painting them. I got them base coated. And then, like I said, I had a busy week at work and tired after work because we do station testing all day. So I'm on the phone kind of all day. Hobby Hangouts been helping, but I usually spend most of that time setting up 3D prints, changing out 3D prints. So um, I've been doing kind of the same with you, the Ultramarines, doing all the gold, and it's getting repetitive. Let me tell you, I'll the feel it. the, the feel gold it. is getting old, and I'm I got kill team stuff coming in, and then when we start getting into boarding action, so uh, I've been kind of messing around with lists more than actually hobbying. The 3D printer's been going nonstop though, and then I did fire up the FDM printer, knocked the dust off of it, and it reminded me actually of some old FDM prints that I did. So I actually I have this. It's like a sand crawler from Star Wars, the Jawa sand crawler. Oh, that one up to the shop that was yours. Yeah, yeah, that was mine. Oh, so, good. So yeah, that tank. Uh, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this because it's just plastic sitting on my shelf. So um, you know, did some filler primer on it, sprayed it brown, and then put some dust. Some rust effects on it, and then locker tried out some of that rust. Which oh, man, that stuff is nice. His new, uh, his new easy rust. Yeah, that easy rust, and he was trying like different like consistencies with it, so it, like got different. Uh, Let's see if I can pull up what that was called. Rust easy. Rust ease. Rust easy. That stuff is. I think. No, no, that is. Uh, a, that's from cars, isn't it? No, no, that is a rust server. <laughs> okay, the here it is. Gotcha, here gotcha, it is. Gotcha. It is water soluble paint. It's rust. Yeah, it's just easy rust. Yeah. And the moss looks good too. They make moss. And then the, what is it called? The verdigree, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. He, he picked up some in like a bottle used with a brush. They also has some that they sold in like a spray can. Spray can, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think we messed with that yet, but that, that's like in the garage waiting for like a table of like sector mechanicus terrain or something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the stuff is, the results are crazy good. And I told them if they get them in the oh, shop. Oh, gosh. It's oh, dirty down rust. Dirty down. That's that, what that's it was. It. Dirty yep. down. Great product. Um, I haven't seen rust look that realistic. Yeah, he, he saw it at Adepticon, brought it back, tried it, and just fell in love with it. And I think everybody at the shop is falling in love with it because he keeps yeah. on doing. Yeah, he did like a, like a uh, quick and dirty, like, Iron Warriors Predator with it, where you yep. just slathered it all over and just kind of like wiped it. And man, it looks great. It, I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. It why, is it, why, is it, why does it just got to look so good? <laughs> Some of us got to be on the table too, you know? <laughs> I feel that, man. Go repaint my tanks again. <laughs> so I, I was getting some advice from him too on like what I should do with some of the rust uh, that I did on there. So I'm, I'm trying to finish some of that stuff up, um, have some terrain that people can use because it's currently just collecting dust at my house. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was pulling up the, the material safety data sheet on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> trying to see what it is. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a big brain play. For sure. Um, 3D printing a lot of stuff though. I just like different stuff for different folks or what? Uh, for different folks, I did a couple uh, storm eagles and then highly I did flammable. 
People run a store. People been listening to me about Storm Eagles? Uh, I guess. I don't know. Somebody, some people want some Storm Eagles. Well, it's 22 guys. It's an assault vehicle. You do a lot with it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And you're just saying. <laughs> it, it's a pretty cool model. It it was my first uh, print. Throw some multi-melts on it, some LAS cannons. You got your anti-tank right there? Yeah, exactly. Just drop them on. Yeah. But uh, it had print in place. It wasn't like a one-to-one to Games Workshop. It was... Yes. Kind of a proxy model or whatever, but okay. it had like these uh magnetic holders to hold like a vehicle. Oh, so it's like a mini, like a like hawk. a transport. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's um, what's up. But it was my first print in place uh, actuating pieces. Oh, and it, like I didn't know it. Hinge. Yeah, so I I removed the supports and it swings. I was like, fuck, I broke oh, it. And no. I was like, oh, no, this is how it works. And then you're just playing with it for yeah, a while. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm just, I got four of them just like swinging them back and forth in my hands. So, hey, good news. Your tolerances are tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, both my printers are locked in right now. I'm not touching them. Um, and then I have my army. I think pretty much that I need to play it, but I have what I have envisioned for my army. All my models set in, so now I'm looking for APOC games because I really don't... I'm running mostly infantry, so... That's a really good place to learn rules because a lot of them, like, how do we make reactions work faster? <laughs> exactly. Which is... that That's the main, like, sticking point I'm seeing for a lot of people getting into the game, even from older... Like, especially from older editions, actually. Because of the reaction system? Yeah, it, it's a lot to keep in mind because it's really easy to just step on a rake and bash yourself. Yeah. And then... I mean, the reaction systems, from what I've seen, have like a whole different play style. You like you're trying to bait out reactions at certain times, so you can. Yeah, well, once you're comfortable enough with the the core rules, then you can keep in mind. Okay, somebody I shoot is going to shoot back. Yeah, and it's probably going to be the unit I don't want to do that. <laughs> so learning all that, but uh, I don't have a lot of tanks because my army just doesn't use them. So I'm getting ready to just start. Pumping out tanks for the APOC game. And, so, uh, anything in mind? Well, I just finished a Falchion. It should be done right now. Uh, it had like oh, that's right. Yeah. At yeah. thirty minutes left on my last print when I left the house, so I'll probably get home and build that up. But I did the tracks last night, and uh, I mean, some people just aren't you know accustomed to three D printing, I guess. So I was talking to to some people in the Discord, and I you know washed in the denatured, and then I soaked it in hot water. And he's like, man, that print's super big. Like, them supports are going to be a pain in the ass. And I go, <laughs> just like, it's a shell of uh, supports. He's like, what? holy shit, printing has gotten crazy. What? <laughs> I was like, yep, there's my model. Done. Bing, bang, boom. Looks good. <laughs> so. You're like, and I actually want these. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep these. These are good. <laughs> oh, yeah. These are, yeah, these are mint right here. Oh, my God. This is a tool I'll use later. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, been really happy with my printer's performance too and solid you know i'll get back to the infantry i got two squads that i have left of infantry and one tank basically for my main three thousand point game and yeah i'll get around to it i but with this event that we just signed up for you know now the pressure's on yeah, i gotta, gotta have it done so I gotta flex luckily i like painting the tanks i think that's pretty pretty unanimous with airbrushers mm -hmm. uh so I'm oh, yeah. excited to have a lot of tanks to start painting and try different techniques and shit like that. Hell yeah, man. Um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of Boarding Patrol the last two weekends. I hear good things about it. It's fun. Uh, we play multiplayer, so it's teams of twos, and it's really not good for my army. Oh, um, 
It's so you're basically cutting the board in half, right? So you're playing on a kill team size board because basically two people fight each other on each half of the board. It usually ends up as. Okay. So I'm playing Grey Knights, and the last two armies I played against were Horde armies. And Grey Knights really need the shooting and the psychic to weaken Horde armies before we get into melee. And then the the, the terrain kind of hampers that? Yeah, it hampers it, and people can get into melee round one. So I have... If I go before that person, I have an overwatch, but I have to hit on sixes now for all my shots. And basically, I'm... I'm you know, maybe kill one or two models, but then I got a whole horde army in my face, slapping me in the face. And um, I think I'll enjoy my army more on more of a 1v1 in boarding action. And then um, I actually want to play some 40k, so I got a baby carrier from, from Ryan at the shop. Oh, yeah, the, the Grey Knights. <laughs> Grey Knights baby carrier, so um, excited about that. Got to build him up, but it, it's fun. Uh I want to get on the board on 30k though. Like that's that's where my itch is really at. I need to get on the board for 30k. <laughs> I guess 40k is more of a side hobby that is just for me to have fun. We got another one. <laughs> I'm curious, like how does uh, so like kill team? Does it use kind of the like same like rolling aspects as like a ninth edition? So kill team's totally different. Yeah, there's, okay. there's kill team boarding actions are kind of like a modifier for 40k, kind of like how Zomortalis works. Yeah. And then they're going to be coming out with combat patrol as like a, like a more streamlined 40k where you just buy a combat patrol box and that's what you need to play combat patrol. Okay. That's one of the things they've been talking about for 10th edition is like that's going to be a new sub game, kind of like how BattleTech has. Uh, they've got what's the smaller one? Alpha Strike. Alpha Strike, exactly. I, I think it's kind of going to be like that's a good way to compare it. So like, so I guess my question is like so. Would your kill team knowledge and like the way that you roll on kill team or you know how it affects stuff, would that transfer over to Horus Heresy or more uh, ninth tenth edition? patrol, not so much kill team because kill team fighting kind of works differently. Mm-hmm. So like when we fight, you're going to roll your attack. Like if you were to fight me, basically, you're going to roll your fighting attack and I'm going to roll my fighting attack. And then we take turns punching each other. Gotcha. Um, whereas in boarding patrol, it's just like 40k. You use the same rules, um, but you have a list. You have a one pager of your army that they change some rules to adapt to, to boarding patrol to make it work. So like my teleporter guys that can teleport across the board, I can only teleport through some walls once a turn or once a game. So do you uh, uh, do you prefer kill team or you prefer boarding action? Oh, that's hard. Um, different vibes, different games. Yeah, I I like Kill Team because, so I guess Kill Team's kind of split into two as well. So you have the Into the Dark, which is basically like Zone Martellus, and then you have Open. I really enjoy the Into the Dark stuff. It's really tactical. You have to really think out your plays, and one miss, miss one mistake like loses you the game. So I really like that aspect of it. Whereas now we're playing boarding patrol, but there's so many people trying to play boarding patrol, and we only have one set of terrain at the shop. Um, we're doing these, these teams, so it's taking less of the tactical out and more of let's just roll dice and fight each other. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So uh, that's that's why I'd say I prefer kill team, but I think uh, in a one normal one v one boarding patrol would be just as fun, and it's teaching me. There are some differences, so. Uh, like wound allocation in 40k is different than 30k. I just found out, so I'm I've been watching a lot of 30k stuff. So I was fighting Cross and Cross's, you know, 30k brain. So we're 
we're Grey Knights and Demons duking it out, and we're just like wiping each other out, and then we're playing a game mode where you respawn at the board edge and come. So we're just a clash in the middle, we all die, we go to the board edge, a clash in the middle, we all die, and then the orcs and the, the Aldari over here, Harlequins. yeah, the Harlequins, they're having like a legit like tactical back and forth, and we're like, what are y'all doing? And finally they look over and they're like, oh, you only got five attacks that hit. And I was like, but I did 10 damage. They're all one one damage a piece. They're like, oh, no, only five models could die. And Cross was like, oh, that's not how 30K works. Uh, whoops, <laughs> <you do that. laughs> so <laughs> we've been having a bloodbath and they were just having sex. Y'all before. been over there playing football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like flag versus tackle over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it was just some rules to learn, but yeah. It's been fun though. Yeah, that, that's been another thing. Like with the new edition of Thirty K, is the the wound allocation game. Yeah, like, like that gets a lot more like tactical. Like where you put your wounds. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Like so with Kill Team, like how long is a game of Kill Team? How long does that take you to play? If both people and other armies really well, forty five minutes. That's crazy. Yeah, that is, that is nuts. That's what's nice is you, you can get multiple games and learn. Because I I assume just playing from playing Border Patrol and playing Star Wars Legion back in the day. You know, you take you have one big takeaway, one or two big takeaways from a game that you of like a full army, right? Whereas kill team, I can have that one takeaway, reset, reset, have another takeaway, reset, and like from the first game that I had to the last game of the day, I'm like three times as better as I was the at the beginning of the day. Okay, that's actually really cool. Yeah, so it's and then we have a pretty competitive person at the at the shop, and it's nice like. I can, I'll tell him like, hey, I'm going to make this move because I told him I was whipped as a kid. Like I learned from punishment. So I'll tell him I'm going to make this move that I'm committing to this move, but I want to tell you, I want you to tell me what I did wrong and what the right move would have been in the situation. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, C- competitive games are cool if that's what you're like going, going for. in for. Yeah. As long as everybody's on the same page when you like sign up for it. Yeah. And, then, and I told him like, he, he's, he's practicing for a tournament so i was like yeah. yeah i'm cool for competitive like i like the tactical like i'm a competitive person i'm I'm totally cool with it so it's been fun like me and him have some really really good games that come down to like the wire and we're both sweating and got one guy trying to run yeah. away from each other those are the best games man yeah <laughs> but yeah I, that's one thing i really enjoy about kilting is the speed hell yeah dang dude it kind of has me thinking right now like after you say that like wouldn't it be cool if there was a way to like speed play horse heresy that like taught you like horse heresy at the same time, like battle simulations or something like that, that like forced you to play quickly. Like, like uh, put up scenarios kind of like a, I'm, I'm thinking I play Kerbal space program a lot and mm-hmm. like to teach you Kerbal space program, they'll put you in a scenario where you have to rendezvous. Uh, so, you know, get two ships to go together in space and it requires a lot of planning, but like, you know, you don't have to worry about launching. You don't have to worry about, you know, de- decoupling how your rockets build. Like, all we're focusing on is just rendezvousing. So, if you could do, like, scenarios in, like, a bigger game. Yeah. Just play those scenarios out. Because you can lock in deployment, right? You yeah. can say, like, you're the attacker. Defender's here. Uh, you need an infantry unit, a, like, a, a transport or this. And just, like, set up those scenarios. And so, it's like battle sims. Like, yep. you start here play this mission, swap places, the other person tries the other side of the mission, and it just, like, forces you to learn, like... Yeah. That'd be very interesting. I I kept hearing about different events trying to do, like, a GM game, like War in the Webway, or other, like, like specific, like, encounters where 
things are so specific that you wouldn't even need to bring a force because they'd have like the forces for that encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I want to say the one I actually went to, it was going on at Adepticon 2018 or 2019. And I was either too distracted or something happened and it didn't, it ended up not happening. It wasn't like a thing that was like sign up for. It was just kind of like a thing that somebody was going to have going on. But I know there's a few different events where that was supposed to be going on and I just missed it. And you just hop in. They've got the models there ready to go. So we did a narrative event for Kill Team. You know, Bud put yeah. it on. And the last two games were were GM'd. Were mm-hmm. like, you know, multiplayer GM'd. And it was super fun, man. Yeah, like, that's a really cool way to do stuff. Having a twist on the battlefield that you're not expecting and then... You know, you just got a guy behind the with all his cards, and you're just waiting for it to hit. It was really, really fun. Yeah, it takes a lot to set up stuff like that. But. Oh, for sure. We had a GM'd opening game for uh, uh, one of the campaigns we were playing in. Yeah. And uh, everybody's warlord was, like, like, talking. And, like, the whole thing was like, oh, well, they all turn on each other. <laughs> and I was playing Astra Militarum or Imperial Guard at the time. And yeah. so, like... My commander is just like chilling there. It's like space marines are all bad. He's just like, uh. oh shit. Everybody's talking. He's just looking like straight up to see see people. He's like, like I'll oh, fuck, I'll fuck, I'll fuck. oh shit. And they're like, run you to know. the tank, run to the tank. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be in the bathroom real quick next to like a chaos lord and like Terminator armor with like his, like Abaddon's claw. And I'm just like, oh. Cool. What's up, dudes? Uh, hey guys, how's it going? He just got his last gun. Like, oh man, this is not good. <laughs> like, I got my last pistol. Yeah, got my last pistol and my cigar. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't gonna be good. My coat cannot protect me against this. Vibes in this room are all wrong. <laughs> I did play a new kill team. I guess like one of the last things is uh the Gellerpox models. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. It was so much fun because like you have you know your four hope hort. Ho- Hulks, my God. Um, so they're like these four big models, and they don't get cover, basically. So They're too fat. They're too fat. Bigger so. than the broadside of a barn. But then you have like all these little bugs and little gurglings and, you know, half-alive people. And everybody's like, what do all those do? Like, I'm not going to worry about them. And I just like rush them up the field, and like they group activate. So I get them all within the objective, and then I can pay a CP to do a free dash the next turn. So now I'm right up in your face, and I just go run and charge all those little guys into your face to get you an engagement, and they're like, okay, let's fight. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to fight. And they're like, why not? I was like, you got to fight me now. You can't shoot my big guys. <laughs> Here comes my big guys with this huge-ass sword. So um, it's a twist on, on Kill Team that was really fun because it's usually about you know mostly shooting and then nice. popping in and out and fighting. And they're just holding people down yeah, with a bunch of little boogers. That's why I like having the different tactical abilities of each squad because each... Kill team seems very, very different. Oh, yeah, because they've done a lot of, like, uh, forces for kill team, like the the Eldar pirates, mm-hmm. and there's just, like, a very specific force that doesn't really fit into 40K cleanly. Yeah, like, I got the Star Striders. The Corsairs. Um, the Corsairs. Yeah. They fuck. <laughs> they were a Forge World, like, uh, uh, I, I had a Corsairs, uh, like, a Corsairs... Allied attachment in like one of my old 40k armies. That's tight. I and mean, inside that campaign. Yeah. They've got legend rules, but the only like Anrath, I think is the keyword for them. The only Anrath HQ is Prince Uriel. So they, they no longer have the like the Forge World Corsair Lord HQ. Oh. So if you want to run a detachment of Corsairs, you have to have Uriel. Lame. Yep. Lame. Lame. 
They're pretty dope though. Back in the day. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's some cool stuff for them in that Legends file, but uh, I'm not worried about it. They had the big old wings because they could take like special jump packs and all yeah. that stuff. It's dope. That is tight. Old school Corsairs. Bringing up the uh, the big tank, the sand crawler. Had a lot of people asking about Star Wars Legion, so I've been you know pushing the the candy out to people like, hey, I got yeah. files. Y'all play some Legion. <laughs> I got y'all a whole get, army. That y'all get y'all get hype on this Mandalorian stuff. <laughs> yeah. I got I've been, two I've been, full drawers over there of Legion. <laughs> Fully like I've been pushing it hard at the shop. <laughs> I've got all my droids and then I've also got my uh my galactic or I guess a clone marines Clones. with Bakara and all them. And oh, Kiati Mungi Kiati Mundi. Yeah. You had the what the the LA the lats. Yeah, I got two lats. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, Those I bought one and then Sam gave me one. And then uh the one Sam gave me had an issue with it, and so I contacted Amazon about it, and then they sent me another one. So, like, yeah, nice. I, I got lots for days. <laughs> <laughs> we did that with the uh, the box set, too, the big box set. They didn't send one of my legs for a clone trooper. And he, I was like, hey, like, I need a clone trooper leg. And they're like, oh, just send the whole box back. And I had already given Michael models, and, like, Michael... You know, he's fast. He got models painted already. I was like, no, nah, that box ain't coming back. Like, <laughs> nah, and he's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I sold half the box. Like, I can't get the other box back, but I need my leg. And he was like, I'll just send you a whole nother box. So I was like, hey, Michael, got you some more. Some more yeah, we went <laughs> half on the Legion box. <laughs> I was like, oh, hell yeah. Sign me up. Just so yeah. winning, man. So yeah, B1s for days. He's. <laughs> B1s for days. Oh, speaking of B1s for days, did you watch the latest Mando? Oh, yeah. Dude, that B2 running? Yeah. That's terrifying. I didn't know that was a thing. Terrifying. Yeah. You'll see it if you're catching up or you're watching. There's a B2 battle droid in there. Like, super battle droid? Hauling ass. Running. You know, you see them walk and all the other, like, stuff? Dude, this dude... thing is like a fucking Kool-Aid man going through walls and shit. Yeah, like a straight up uh, Usain Bolt, <laughs> like, but it's a super battle droid running and just like with, you know, Mando chasing it with all his decked out gear and just like cannot keep up at all. <laughs> it doesn't have his wrist launchers or anything like yeah. that, but it's like it's one of those things where it's just like what that thing could do that this entire time, <laughs> just like <laughs> just just straight up like. <laughs> just T2 just going just but like it's like full on metal just like forcing people out of the way running through crowds you're like I had that thing's way scarier now I always thought like I knew like B2's like fighting a tank like it's like yeah. I don't want to fight that like you know because it's clunky because it's clunky but I'll get out of it and then it's like oh no like they chase you down they, they'll they will run at you and chase you and it's like if I knew that Jedi killing these things would have been so much cooler yeah <laughs> but like even when Star you, Wars came out in the wrong order, like, <laughs> even when you're playing Battlefront, right? Your your super battle droids like <laughs> just chugging along. Yeah, just like you know, it's like oh, this thing has one speed. It's slow as shit, right? <laughs> no, dude, you see what that thing's capable Not when of? Shifting to maximum overdrive. <laughs> yeah, it's like he hit what? The switch in the back of his head. <laughs> it's like I didn't know these things could run. I didn't yeah. know B ones could run like that. The B ones are scary. If you show me a B one running like that, oh, I'm no. equally afraid of that thing now. Like, speaking of which, since I got the FDM printing rendering, and you know, after I get get done with some of this train stuff, I've always wanted to print the big B one that sits in a chair with you. But I got that couch that nobody really sits in in my house, so oh. some big old B one in my gaming room would be fucking dope. You know, have them cross legged with a cup of tea or something. 
<laughs> Roger, Roger. <laughs> Good bit. I think you. I think you have to do that at this point. Yeah. If I knew more about Star Wars, that might have been a spoiler. What? Well, everything y'all just talked about. I, I'm not cut up on Mandalorian, but that that didn't tell me. You don't know what a super battle droid is? I don't, is that what the B2 is? The the big chunky battle droid? Yeah. With the, the, silver, the silver battle droid that shoots the la- yeah. laser the wrist, yeah. wrist rocket? Yeah. Okay. Got yeah, the red, imagine red that eye. thing running Sprint, Usain Bolt full fast. Full tilt sprint. Yeah. Full tilt sprint at you. It's running. Well, running away from uh, this I, case. I guess I'll just die. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, dude. It's way scarier. I wasn't for you. I don't know what it's going to do when it gets here. I don't want to find out. Before this conversation, <laughs> did you have any fear towards the super battle droid? I mean, it's got wrist rockets. Yeah, but I feel like, you know. I like, saw R2 fucks them up. Like, I'm not scared of that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He put okay. some oil and they slipped and fell. Okay, now picture the gondola R2 unit from season one doing that. Yeah, for real. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't scary. Like, I wasn't afraid. Of like, like a somebody, battle droid, somebody photoshopped R 2s head onto the Hulkbuster armor. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they make them so comically, like, uh, so comically, like, defeatable, right? Yeah. It's like, you're like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, little battle droid, get out of my didn't face. See that in like the cartoons either. Well, because it was for kids. It's like, oh, the bad guys are bumbling idiots. Yeah, we yeah, did, well, we no. did see helicopter lightsabers, which I'm still mad about. That's okay. But I'm just saying, dude. Like, so super battle droid. Okay. Full tilt. Okay, cool. I, I, oh, like, just I'm done. I give up. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm like, put down my blaster, dude. I'm uh, unless I'm some kind of Jedi, I'm done. Like, <laughs> like if I was a rebel, right? And super battle droids are like, I'm, you know, I guess in this case, if you know, I'm somebody I'm, dusted off a B two and reprogrammed <laughs> it, and just, I'm cool. Like, I'm like, I'm down with the Dooku, right? You know, like, or I guess I'm, you know, like, whatever. Either way. I'm afraid of like if you sent a battle droid after me, I'm probably just gonna hide from them. like oh those those clunkers right? What do they call them? Was it clunkers? Yeah, clankers. The clankers like it's like oh clankers are on the way, no problem. Pull out the old AR-15, blast this bad boy. Bust up these old buckets of bolts, eh, boys? <laughs> yeah, exactly. B two. Oh, okay. Where I gotta shoot it? Where I gotta? I was like, it's like okay, I gotta find the yeah, weak point. Him in the ankles. And then you then you send that thing at me, forty five miles an hour. Like, <laughs> that, is, that is a suburban. Oh, y'all yeah, put my gun down. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hands I, up. I am no longer the resistance. Hey, we, we can all just be cool. We can he all says, just be cool. You know what? That's okay. I, I like okay. droids, you know? <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'm I'm totally whatever. My, Let's my go. uncle was half droid. <laughs> Dude, that thing running, that completely changed the game. Like, yeah. just. They just need to remake the prequels now? Dude, I, I respect all Jedi a little bit more, knowing that. <laughs> I, I did see that they brought back the uh, the actor who played Jar Jar. Yeah. Very happy about that, yeah. And uh, he, he got to be, like, the cool guy. Because everybody wanted to know who saved little baby Grogu. Everybody wanted to know. Nice. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a flashback, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. No. I did see that clip. I'm like, that's cool. It definitely uh, uh, it, it excellent it's a good show. season. Yeah, I'm, I'm behind. I didn't get caught up. Do you think that the uh, and obviously you know this is like officially a Star Wars podcast right now? Uh, <laughs> so down. Do you think that the at the end of season one of Mando when uh, you have those, I guess like they're they're like death troopers, but they're the mm-hmm. robot death troopers or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The I forget what they're called the dark troopers. Dark, dark troopers. Yep. Do you think they run that fast? Oh, absolutely. Has a B two? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I, dude, like that's what's scary. That's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For if sure. they knew the B twos could sprint, then yeah, they'd make those sprint for sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what? Don't they also fly? Yeah, they do. They have jetpacks, but they goofy fly. Yeah, they Princess Leia at the end of. Oh God, <laughs> don't get me started. They, 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 I'm they, they, they head out. <laughs> they don't even Iron Giant. No, they do the. <laughs> You know, like, like, like on a string, back. like some guy in the back with a with a theremin just going crazy. <laughs> like they do the like the wiring float, like the wires, like they're on a wire. Like some guys, like, oh god, hold on, hold on. Like, <laughs> Let me get you down. And they're Let just like, you know, like Iron Man, Iron Man two fly, or Iron Man one, where he's trying to figure out how to float down. You know, yeah. they don't do like a scary fly, but like if they did a scary B two run like that, yeah, no, I, I'm submitting. Yeah. I give up. Take me to prison, please. please. They did put so much hype around them. I would like to see them do something before, you know, Jedi got a hold of them. Because then they just look like B2s at that point, right? It was just like, eh, they weren't that scary. That's what I mean, I'm saying. They, they didn't a wall. Eh. Well, if I knew it could run like that, and I knew it could punch like the way it did, and yeah. I knew it could just, like, essentially uh, grizzly bear run at me, and then <laughs> uppercut me, like, <laughs> to, to death. Okay. uppercut did... Been, been through metal. That's what right? I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's what I'm saying. If I do this, they could just like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> just flying across the universe at that point. Because that was always a thing. It's like if I ever saw like a B two or like I saw like a dark trooper at me, it's like I'm just gonna run. Like <laughs> I get out of here. It's all right. No, it's like that's that's what makes bears scary, right? They can outrun you. That's like oh, that's that's scary. And like I could double your they, weight. They can climb and swim and run faster than you can. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> the whole reason let's like oh it's like oh well why didn't like why didn't the entire planet just turn on these like bs droids like if, if gungans could kill droids i could kill a droid now i get it now yeah i get it i get why they could take over planets because sol- solar systems yeah because <laughs> those things are like never ending and also fast as shit now thank you i see why they're called super bad <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Somebody, the guy who like made him able to run is watching the whole like all the the battle reports. So he's like, "Why isn't? Why aren't they running? Why aren't you making? We put so much work. So, you know how much engineering went into making these things sprint? Do you remember <laughs> those? Do you remember those old white books from like uh, uh like you can get them like the library or elementary schools like the inside Star Wars like Episode One all oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it gave you all. I bet you somewhere it says like top speed like thirty miles an hour, and nobody everybody's like. What? No, 30 no. miles an hour? No way. It's got to be That's a misprint. <laughs> some, some, some dude was like, I told y'all 30 miles an hour is the top Somebody speed. Somebody just won a 30-year-long argument. <laughs> I told you they could run. Some dude who read that book is like, no, nah, they're actually fast. Like, nah, bro. Uh, well, actually, if you look at the expanded lore from the first movie, <laughs> they actually can move up to 30 miles per hour on their AAA I, dilithium ion battery. I, I was wondering why they never did that until this very moment. <laughs> it was a very side episode, like you you were telling me, but it was fun. Uh, but anyway, sorry about that. It was I had a, I had a Star Wars nerd. Out. We're, we're here. We're hey, here. Thank you for tuning into Radio Free Coruscant. <laughs> <laughs> Radio free Tatooine, baby. <laughs> On the way. <laughs> but uh, we do have an interview we want to give you guys, so we will kick you over to that. Thank you guys for listening. All right, everyone. Like promised, we have Powerful Brennan from BB Miniatures and the Pro Palette. What's going on, Powerful Brennan? <laughs> What's up, man? No, not too, too bad. 
getting off this nasty cold, but hey, it's life. Hey, man, I think uh, everybody in the, uh, I guess just this hemisphere is getting off of this cold. Like all the Aussie guys and everybody like in the southern hemisphere and all that stuff, they're doing fine. But I think everybody up here, it's just like spring is coming, man. And it's like it's it's with a vengeance this year. <laughs> so Yeah, it's kind of ugly. But hey, I'm at the tail end, so you know, hopefully I'll be 100% back, ready to be focused and back on the brush for sure. Absolutely. It's one of those things where, uh, uh, I, I, if I saw you like for like two days, you were just like, cause I'm part of your discord. Right. So it was like, it's like, what's this? Like Brandon's kind of absent, man. Like, is he okay? Like, what do you, he's just kind of disappeared. Cause you're in there all the time, like checking on everybody. Right. Like you're just like putting your feelers out there. And so you could tell when, when, uh, when I guess you got sick and you kind of got hit by the bug. Oh, I know. I felt kind of bad. I was like, looking like, Oh shit. I hope people are not thinking I just like ditched. <laughs> like, Cause like, yeah, we're probably when I'm pretty sick, I just, you know, I just pretty much curl up in bed, put on a ton of blankets and just try to sweat it out. As Dude, much as I, can. I promise we are the same person. Dude. I, I, every single time, like if, if sickness is here, it's like, you know what? It's like, you prepare to fight the blankets, man. We're turning off all the fans. We're turning off everything. Like, <laughs> so I'm getting you out of my body somehow. Yeah, man. Wrap myself up like a big Chinese dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pedialyte and blankets, man. <laughs> We're getting it out of me. That's right. So, uh, for everybody listening right now. So, once again, this is Brennan with BB Miniatures. And he actually hosts the Pro Palette, which is a... It's like a, a miniature painting academy is the best way I can describe it. Um, so Brennan teaches you how to paint, but also he has a, a Discord that you can go to. And within that Discord, you can obviously show your works in progress. You can get uh, kind of some feedback from other people who are part of his program. And then, you know, obviously Brennan comes in and, and tells you what he's thinking and, and things that he would do different. And then... On top of that, you know, there's a lot of other interesting things. I guess how I found you, right? How we even met. So in our Discord, there's this insane Horus getting passed around right now, right? The Horus Ascended model, powerful, powerful voice of the Golden Throne, John, is like, look at my Horus Ascended model. And like none of us... I'm like, what are you doing, John? Like, what is this thing? This is art that you're showing us here. This is like a AI generated image of somebody like pro painting a model. And it's, and then finally he invites you to the server and immediately I'm like, okay, Brennan, do you, like, do you teach people how to do this insane <laughs> stuff? And you're like, yeah, absolutely. I do. And so everybody that's listening right now, they know that I'm trying to like, and I've, I've been telling people, it's like, look, I am and like I'm an okay airbrusher. Like I took a bunch of airbrushing classes, but when it comes to like paintbrushing stuff, like I'm pretty mediocre. And I know I'm at like I I know I know where I'm at. I know where like a like I'm really good at hiding the mediocrity with like really good airbrushing stuff <laughs> and like a ton of weathering. Uh, and so this was like my year. It's like you know what I'm gonna find these painting classes, and that's how I found you. And Tell us about the pro palette, man. Like what, what, where did this even come from? Wow. What an intro. Thanks, man. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. That's really, that's, that's even more hyped than I could even pitch it to myself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, first off, you know, like 
shout out to the John for enabling me to be able to put in the hours to paint horse. You know, it takes a lot of time to put in there and, you know, to have a, not only uh, a great guy, but an amazing friend to not, you know, to, to, to pay you what uh, you're worth and to be able to do it was, and I'm still working on it, but, and is, is, is a great, it's a great honor and it's a, it's a pleasure. Yeah, the, the good news is like uh you know because in our in our Discord we actually have the painting competition. I was like, uh, well, good news is it'll be too busy with that Horus to even come near. <laughs> it's like, and he's already started painting it, so he can't enter. He can't enter the contest. So, <laughs> no, 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 I don't think I'll be able to finish it for that one. But um, I guess uh, backtrack backtailing to sorry the pro pal. What was the exact question? It was um, so so what is your the pro palette and what's your vision for that man? Oh um, well, the the ballot is is a is a platform for me to help teach people, you know, how to paint and how to expand their their painting capabilities. You know, anything in terms of any any goals that anyone has, I'm just uh, just personally, I'm just passionate about sharing information and you know helping people, you know, reach that next level or that next peak or even just like surprise yourself because you know, at the end of the day and how I got back into painting uh, was that, you know, I took a look at the last time I painted something and I told myself getting back into it is if my painting is the same five years, 10 years, 20 years down the line when I'm old, I would kind of look at it as like a missed opportunity. So I'm like, all right, what's the steps to get better? And then instead of just like diving into like random tutorials and just trying to like find, you know, random little recipes to try to put in your models. I kind of like took a step back and I realized it's like, Oh, you know what? It's really about, it's kind of like learning Photoshop or like illustrator after effects. Um, I used to be a graphic designer for 10 years until like COVID. Then I decided to, you know, Hey, let's take a break. You know, let's, let's see what else there is to offer. But what I took from that, from my career there was, I was always doing refreshers and reprimers on, you know, cause like the latest updates with Adobe is, is madness, right? You always have to stay on top of it. So uh, my approach when I, when I wanted to, you know, pick up my skills, the painting is like, you know what? I should just kind of like learn exactly how I did layer and learn from the fundamentals, grow on those fundamentals. And then all it is, is, you know, any advanced technique you find out there is really just a series or in sequence remixes of all those fundamental tools you'd use. Just like in Photoshop, you know, I can tell you like 13 different ways to make selections and each of them, you know, have their own, their own pros, their own cons. Some of them are destructive. Some of them are subjective or like subtractive with masking and stuff like that and different forms of like layers and adjustments. So, you know, going back into painting, I was like, okay, let's just learn how all this stuff works from its, you know, its fundamental, its foundation series and just find ways to layer that on top. And of course, you know, find a way to, you know, put your own expression into it. And the more you kind of like learn that stuff, the more painting becomes fun because you don't really have to think about it nearly as much you get to like focus on the creative aspects of it and you know i i've always taken this thing with um just even with sports 
you know, I'm not looking for like huge gains. You're looking for that next percent. And I just took that, I just took that mentality. And then I kind of like pushed myself and I noticed even just from my friends, they're just like, why is every single piece you're doing getting a little bit better? <laughs> and I'm like, well, cause you know, I'm just, I'm actively trying to get there and I found it really successful. Then I started to uh, teach it. And it was like a little old habit that I had way back um, in Capilano uh, University when I was learning uh, graphic, uh, graphic interactive arts that I found the best way to learn was to teach it. Yep. And it kind of like reverses, it kind of like uh, reverses how you, you learn something, constructing it. And then also the people that you are teaching, well, they'll definitely throw you screwballs and like or weird questions and stuff that you didn't think about. So by like hashing it out and learning from that perspective, you get to learn the techniques from multiple perspectives and angles, and then you gain a great understanding of it. And at the end, it was it's just really rewarding to be able to, you know, uh, teach a skill to someone else and have them be really excited and just like, you know, bouncing off the walls, like, holy smokes, I blended that. And I'm like, yes, yeah, see, it's not so hard, right? You know, it's just like, just break that thing down, do it, and then, and see them just continue on that path. And yeah, that's why I started the Pro Palette because I'm like, I need a platform because I was tutoring a few people at the very beginning and I'm like, you know, I can't continue just to tutor one person at a time. So I needed a way to, to film and to release videos so people can watch them. And, uh, of course, linking it with the, the discord and where I try to encourage all my members to jump on there, be really active so they can get a lot of feedback from me. And that's what I provide on there. Um, cause I don't think learning is just a one-way street. There's a few people who can learn really well just by watching tutorials. Um, I was one of them, but, um, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't go seek feedback. It's really, really helpful. And you learn really fast, you know, it's just like in school, you know, the person, the, the kid or the guy who sat in the front and asked questions constantly they're the ones who are going to get uh, they're the ones who are going to get the grade they're the ones who are going to get the job or they're the ones who are going to like crush it where the other people that are shy just sitting in the back you know i'm sorry you're not really gonna be you're not gonna elevate yourself to the next level that way so um that's why i connected to the discord and uh it's great when i see those guys continuously posting their stuff and being stoked and you know, group learning, I think, is also really helpful because, you know, with peer learning, you can kind of, um, you know, feed off your peers and have a little bit of healthy competition, you know, not like all day, not like, you know, put each other down, but like, you know, you go one up and then your buddy goes one up. And I even have that uh, with a, a few friends and another group that I have um, that uh, that we paint. And we're always trying to push each other and giving each other feedback. So it's just like, you know, it's just a, a good loop to be in. Definitely, man. Definitely. I guess, uh, I, so you mentioned that you like, uh, you were this graphics designer, right? You're a graphics designer for 10 years. You were doing all sorts of digital imagery. 
Uh, during that time, were you playing miniature war gaming or were you doing anything with miniature war gaming? Or was it kind of just like a, uh, like took a sabbatical for grown up time or, <laughs> um, not for a while. So like, yeah, for like the last, like, yeah, the, t- the, you know, 10 years, you know, you can almost think of it as, you know, you know, when you get into your twenties. Oh, I know. I was then, there. Same thing. Then, Same thing. And you, you step out of war gaming. So like I was doing a lot of freelance, uh, freelance graphic and web design, I was DJing, I was bartending, and then I think when I hit 28, 29, yep. I went back on to like Games Workshop's website. I'm like, I remember this stuff. This stuff was so cool. And I and I specifically remember this. I went to the Forge World website and I saw the Primark models. And I was like, no way. They make Primarks now? This is so cool. And I was going to buy one. And then I looked, I'm like, wait a minute, it's a game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no way. And I was like, I did not know the Horse Heresy had a game come out. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So, yeah, I bought a few models. Um, and I bought like a mechanical model too, because I was like, whoa, these guys are cool too. I didn't know like these robots were like that. I bought like a Thanatar, I think, the big siege one. Yeah, that's a Thanatar. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. I bought that, and I bought like a a, a set of uh, a box of Iron Hands um, Terminators. The uh, the um, ah, jeez, not the Morlocks. The I, I know which one you're talking about, though. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah, Iron yeah. yeah I bought yeah, I bought those, and you know, getting into it, and I was like, all right back in the game <laughs> start painting some stuff and having fun and this is a usable army <laughs> yeah you know i wasn't into like, it so i was just like you know i just wanted to like you know get a few models and you know have fun with it again and and uh yeah from there is more like i think after i painted those and i was looking at a few tutorials and that's when it really clicked where i'm like you know what i think i could I think I could have a really good crack at this. Let, let's see how, let's see, let's see how far I could take it. Let's see how cool this is. And, you know, I showed a few of my friends and even like my best friend, Austin, that when we were growing up, when we were like grade five, you know, we had like white dwarf magazine and a, a couple of pewter models. Right. And, you know, um, you know, just, just painting stuff there. And then, you know, that kind of like sparked that joy again. And, going back into it i'm like yeah again i was like let's see let's see how let's see how good i can actually get again <laughs> or let, let's see what i can do with it so no man it, it's so crazy because it, it, it's very dude I, I did the same thing right it was uh um i mean from like honestly i think it was like 13 14 until like you know about the beginning of your 20s you know it was like non-stop warhammer everything was warhammer and then uh, you take a break for a while, you know, go live your life, go do crazy stuff. And then you just kind of like, you find a group your age, you know, kind of s- trickle back in. Um, but what, what's so crazy, you know, this time around, it was, uh, you know, you step back in and when you were younger, it was hard to get models, right? It was, you know, it's like you saving lunch money, right? You like, yeah, you gotta do, much. gotta do so like those models you had, right? You're, you know, you, it's either models or good paint or like good painting supplies, you know, airbrush is unheard of. Right. Or, you know, like, and so it's like, just get them tabletop ready, get them on the table so we can play. And it's like, now that you're older, you know, now that you're, you know, you're, you're invested in this kind of stuff. It's like, in my case, it's been a, I, I went on a, I came back into the hobby and it was a, 
I need to learn how to airbrush. I'm going to take every airbrushing class I can. And so it's just like, boom, 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 full-blown airbrush, learn every technique I can with the airbrush. Uh, you know, I learned from Henry Steele, from Caleb Wissenbach, you know, just, just going through, just learning all of, as much as I can for the airbrushing side of it. And, you know, I got pretty good with an airbrush, but as far as like, you know, once again, when it comes down to the actual, the brush, right? That was, yeah. I was like, I think I'm like kind of following in your footsteps when you came back in. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking for YouTube tutorials. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out like, and the thing that I saw was like the biggest kind of letdown in the YouTube tutorials is in the age we're in right now, it's kind of like, let me show you how to prime models. Let me show you how to contrast paint, right? There's no like a, uh, uh, past beginner level. Like it just kind of like, just like a hard, like I'm going to show you 10 secrets. It's like, first off, prime your models black. It's like, no, I thought this was going to be secrets, you know, <laughs> dang it. And so it's, it's you, you're like your pro palette has this like exact like niche that I'm looking for just because like you have these like YouTube, YouTube tutorials that kind of like have a hard cap at like, you know, this is how you, uh, this is how you blend. And it's like, that's kind of where they're like the hard stop is. It's like blending and edge highlighting is where the hard stop is. And then your pro palette tutorials, they like start at, you know, blending techniques. And then from there on out, you've got like every technique after that. You've got, you know, uh, wet blending. You've got everything just kind of in like all the way up to like pro level painting. So you can jump in there. Like your bottom is like YouTube's top is like the best way I could describe it. It's like, <laughs> it's like, cool, learn everything you can on YouTube and then bam, start here. And then you're in the, the, the technique side, you're in the foundation side. So it's, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like where I like, I guess like the other reason, like the tutorials I make and how you're expressing them is like, I make tutorials, the videos that I always wanted to watch and what I think is always missing kind of because a lot of the, the content, not to rag on content creators, no names here or any of that, you know, but a lot of the videos are, you know, they're a lot quicker, they're a lot faster, or if they're showing the techniques, like they're showing it in like times three speed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you don't, you don't learn anything to me. You don't learn much about it. They just show you the color of the paint. And then, you know, most people are just going to go rush out and buy that color. Cause they think, Oh, that's what, well, that's what's going to make the effect. Cause I need that green or something like that. I need, you know, I need, uh, you know, Wayland green or something like that. I don't care. But you know, like what, when in the videos that I do and what I do and I slow it down. And I think some people even said at the beginning, they're like, your videos are like an hour and a half long. Some of them are like almost two hours. And I'm like, well, yeah. That's how long it takes to paint. <laughs> because like, you know, and I'm going to show you it in real time, you know, about, you know, how much, what, what the, the consistency of the paint is going to be, how much charge you have in your brush. What is the pressure of your brush stroke? What's the direction of your brush stroke? You know, how much flex are you putting at the end? All that stuff, if you look at it, you can see it. And that's going to give you the the characteristic of the stroke rather than, you know, you're just green. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, it's on there. Right. And also just and all through the narration I give is, is a lot about creative choices. Cause I think that's like the big, big part about it is, you know, why I'm doing these things. It's not just, 
a, a recipe. And I try to, I try to be as much of an advocate as that as possible. Like, yes, you can, if you have that exact model, or like, let's say you have Horace and you want to follow along with Horace, um, you, you can copy me. Bob Ross no, style. Just <laughs> no, no problem. You know, it's not going to be 60 hours of videos. I'm going to show you sections, <laughs> you know, because, you know, that would be impossible to film all 60 hours. But like, you know, there's no problem with, you know, copying directly. And it's a very good exercise to do. Don't get me wrong. But the thing that I always want to try to get um, through people and hopefully they pick up is they feel confident in making creative choices when they get their own model. So they know, you know, they're comfortable with reading volumes, you know, what kind of colors they want to use, you know, how do you make, how do you find contrast, not just with the value, you know, just adding white, you know, that's the easiest one, you know, taking lessons into how to try to find contrast through like, you know, cold and warm colors using you, you know, uh, using the color wheel, if you want to finding harmony in things and, you know, and and working out your own color schemes which i think is really empowering and to me that's the most fun in painting honestly man it's a lot of the you know you talk about how you want people to understand why you're doing stuff and and what what's happening in front of them i'll tell you like one of the things that i've seen like that i've kind of like missed the most in some of the youtube tutorials is kind of the uh like the freak outs that you have, you're like, you look at it and you're like, this isn't right. Like I'm looking at his model. This isn't right. And then like, sometimes when I'm like watching your videos, you'll say in there, you will be like, by the way, this is going to look like extremely bright right now because it's wet. Like once it dries, it's going to like, don't worry. Yeah. And then it's like, sure enough. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's like, yeah, this looked so vibrant a second ago. You're just, it's like, it's like all the stuff where it's like, I'm thinking about it in my head. You're just like, because you have these kind of like long form, uh, like academies, these like training seminars or like everything that's going on. There's not condensed where you're like, are you just trying to get points across? There's a lot of time for you to talk. And so yeah. like during that time to talk, like you're just kind of like, off your head like oh by the way like this is gonna look bad <laughs> for just like just a couple of seconds let it dry and then it'll kind of fill itself in and then like you even mess up in some of the tutorials I'm like oh well hold on it's like let me let me go back and it's like you show how to fix stuff and it's just it's like all like these huge like there's one of the big things like you don't get like this like okay we're gonna go ahead and paint the face red and think flips and the whole face is red you're like okay we did the red it's like no man we watch you fill the whole thing in red. And then if you're coming in like a, a different angle of attack, you explain why it's like, I'm coming in from the top down because of this, or I'm coming in. It's like that kind of long form painting is, it's so much more valuable than some of that, like quick tutorials. Like it's, it, and, and, you know, I keep telling everybody that, you know, I, <laughs> I don't take this the wrong way, but like I've fallen asleep to your voice, like plenty of nights so far. Right. Or take it the wrong way. You know, it's fine either way. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I watch, like I've watched your son of Ho sons of horse video, uh, probably going on like three or three times now. And just like reminding myself, you know, where I left off and kind of going back and just following through with kind of like the whole, cause like my whole thing is I want to watch the whole thing, get everything you learn. And then I want to paint alongside you and yeah. like trying to just with different colors, and man, dude, it's, it's one of those things where you, the only thing that I will say is like, 
you gain so much confidence because like I'm one of those people where I can watch a a teardown of like an engine or something or like watch a teardown of of a of a device and I say, like, oh okay, I understand how that fully works now. I understand the ups and downs behind everything, everything that could go wrong. I'm gonna go in super confident. And like your videos make you so confident to just like go try this technique and then you just go like land on your face and just like, okay, I got to go back. I missed something. You're like, hold on. Let me. So it's definitely like, I think the last time we talked, I was trying to do your, uh, I keep calling it the, uh, the Optimus prime tr- cracks, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, man. Transformers the movie. That's like the first <laughs> thing when I was making that tutorial, and I was like looking at the cracks. I was just like, yeah, that's from Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> this is dope. <laughs> uh, dude, so, so like I went in there and I was like, okay. I was like, this is going to be easy. Brandon did it. Like, it like you just go in. Like, I went in hella confident, right? I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. And dude, like my blotches were too big. I went too hard. I was like, oh no. And then I was like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Like I know, like, cause I blended all of it up. It's like, I'm. I can re-blend this back. Like I can get this back to where it was. I know I can. And like I chickened out and I'm like, I'm going to come back to this and like, but I'm going to go watch that video a couple more times and see where I see where I'm messing up. But yeah, man, you know, painting is just a series of fixing mistakes. You know, you're always making mistakes. You're always covering things up. And you know, it's just natural to, to be in that process. If you can just embrace that instead of everything has to be perfect. The first shot, you'll have so much more like you actually just have more fun and you will actually just enjoy your time at the brush. You know, even um, a fun thing that I, I have, like, I also do like, I still tutor people in person one-on-one or um, through video. But uh, one of my, (laughs) one of my exercises that drives the students a bit crazy, but I think it's a really good one is, is uh, you take a space Marine shoulder pad Mm -hmm. And you do a simple transition from left to right. So dark to light, going from left, right, up, down, doesn't matter what direction. So when you have a, when you have those two values down, and then I say, move that entire, move that entire gradient to the right. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, move it over. (laughs) And then they'll move it over. And then you got to re-blend and move it to the right. And I said, no, now move it back to the left. And then now back to the center. And I swear, like the, you know, I, I've done that plenty of times and, uh, you know, the students that, that go through it and they put through themselves through a little bit of that ringer after that, it's no problem. And it really teaches you also to be confident with your blends. And then also, you know, about positioning, because sometimes, you know, even I do is like, I put the highlight in the wrong spot. I got to move it. Mm. you know and you won't be daunted by it you'll just be like no let's just get it done because if you don't move it, it looks like ass you know, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't the the lighting doesn't line up and nothing really reads and makes sense you know so being confident and be able to to shift things around you know is always a really cool exercise definitely man that is absolutely it, it's it is one of those things where and especially at this level right now it there's so much more people that are like you know, especially like our age, you know, the, the, the coming back to the scene group that do want to learn how to paint and all that stuff. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, look, man, I am going to get this right. Right. I am going to do this correctly. And no matter how many times it takes me and 
this is no longer a gaming piece. Like this is a like a this is a model to show off. And so whatever yeah. it takes to get this done, I'm gonna get it done, right? Yeah. No, you can even do it for like gaming pieces too. I mean, <laughs> oh, like yeah. you don't have to like push to like a character level. But I get that. I get. I also get like a bit of that question. It kind of reminds me of like some people asking about, you know, uh, my army won't look the same. And I always tell people that like, but you want to get better, right? And they're like, yeah. And I said, well, it's gonna look different, and you should embrace it. Better <laughs> yet, do a unit at a time. And if you can make your army look each unit look progressively better, you're winning. You know, like. Oh, you know, sure, they're not like 100%, you know, German gray uniform, you know, that, <laughs> that flat look across the army. But that's where, you know, you got to get your your goals and priority. You know, if your goal is to get better, well, you have to expect change. But if you want to get better, but yet you want it to look the same, <laughs> those two <laughs> don't really align. So, but, you know, I always say, you know, you're never going to stop painting models. Like, even if you have an army, you know, you got like a, a Space Marine Legion of your favorite Legion. You know, do you think it ever stops at 3,000 points? No. Do you do you ever think in like, you can stop doing them for now and jump on another Legion, but what's to stop you from coming back to it a few years later when, you know, a new, a new unit comes out for the game, you know, a new Black Book comes out, there's new units. Are you going to be ready for that? Or are you going to be like twiddling your thumbs for the past three years or whatever, how long it takes for them to come up with another unit, right? And then you find out you're not ready for it. I'd be like, be a bit of a missed opportunity in my books. That's what I'm saying, man. It's definitely, dude, it's, it's, it's exceptionally refreshing to, to have your of tutorials available. And then, you know, kind of like just going back to your actual like discord itself, man, like being able to, post up like a am i doing this right in your discord and then like you just like hop over like because you're live i don't know how you do it but it seems like you're just on there all the time like i don't know yeah, if it's I, like, I try to be <laughs> like, i try to be as much as i can like i see some like some like work in progresses go through it like three in the morning and then you're just like right there you're like looks great man let's just do this a little bit different i'm just like is he just not asleep ever <laughs> like what is going on here man like so but, but having like um, that uh, kind of like immediate feedback on some of the things and it's, it's like definitely, you know, cause you're not like, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but like, you're not like this, like super, like, <laughs> I guess a fluffer of a teacher, right? You're going to give it to people straight every time. It's like one of those things was like, that is super honest, but I'm very much like happy that he's willing to like, it's like, Hey man, try this. Cause <laughs> This this doesn't look great the way they have it right now. <laughs> so I I try not to be like cutthroat or ruthless. That's why I always ask like even like students. I'm like, do you want feedback or are you just happy that you did this? Are, are you are you proud of this or do you want feedback? Yeah. You let me know. <laughs> and you know, there's nothing wrong with you know being proud and showing off your work, but you know, it, but. If you want to be in a situation to learn, you know, ask for the feedback and, you know, I'll give it to you, you know, you know, to help you um, improve on the one that you're working on, which I hope you do the corrections. If you don't, <laughs> you know, at least, uh, you know, take those words in and, you know, I want to see it for the next model that you do at the very least. 
Dude, yeah. so so uh, I guess like one of the questions I have is, so how long have you been doing the Pro Palette? Like how long has the Pro Palette been around? It's been around for a year and a half now. Yeah, yeah, about a year and a half. Do you have any um, like uh, OG students who are just like killing it right now that are like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a few. I got I got several OGs on there for sure. You know. <laughs> You've um, been pretty much with me from uh, pretty much the, yeah, right from the start or very close to a uh, big shout out to like Eves, uh, Ian, Eric, he's uh, also from Victoria. And uh, yeah, those guys are just off the top of my head. Now you're putting me on the spot. Sorry, guys. Oh, I, was, <laughs> I was curious, man. I was going to go ask. It was like, dude, like, how long do you have in? Because like, you know, I'm just like you know, a couple weeks in, you know, three weeks in, like how, yeah. how long until I'm painting like these guys? Like, what are we talking here? Like, <laughs> oh, and a big, big shout outs to like Kazara too. He's been a, he's been a really good homie, good friend. And, uh, he's been a supporter since day one. His, uh, beautiful ultramarines as I, as I coached him to paint his own, uh, version of, uh, Gilliman <laughs> like this cool uh dual light source stuff from his sword and we made like you know the halo he has on his head oh yeah oh yeah we made we made the halo illuminate that illuminate gives him a backlight and then he built like a whole display for his like his army that he takes around so i was like damn (laughs) impressive i'm like yo man that's 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 the type of push that gets me hyped you know when i see like students who are like constantly pushing themselves you know you know, taking the stuff I've learned, taking stuff that other people learn too. You know, I really encourage, you know, really big open learning. You know, you don't just have to learn from me. You know, I have my own hobby heroes too. And I totally recommend people to check them out too. And, um, you know, like guys like uh, the big long format videos, uh, definitely a big, uh, big inspiration. A shout out to like Athami Alonzo, who's been a really big inspiration of mine. Um, and uh, and Richard Gray too. Um, both those guys have um, not only provided like wonderful video content, but I've also um, had like um, personal chat, uh, personal talk, and instruction from them and feedback. And you know, as much as I like to teach people, you know, as a as a teacher, I'm almost I'm all always eh, I'm always in first and foremost a student too because. I never want to stop learning and everything I learn, I teach <laughs> or I hope to pass on to you guys. So I feel like uh, the SpongeBob meme where it's like, write that down, write that down. Who are those guys he's talking to? <laughs> Hold on. Is, write that down. Hold on. Yeah. Do you, that and like that end, um, it, it's a good thing to also say, like if you're ever looking for other things um, to help with miniature painting, free tips is like, look outside miniature painting hundred percent. Um, a big influence of mine is uh, like a little side passion of mine. I just really enjoy photography. So I take a lot from various photographers, different styles and, and even like different forms of art, even, um, even, uh, even animation as well. You know, you can get a lot from, uh, you can get a lot of visual language from those things. And, you know, being a student of painting can just be, you can take it as far as you want, right? You're at the end of the day, you're, a visual communicator. So definitely you can, always, you can always grab from those areas. Absolutely, man. That's, that's solid advice there, it, especially the photography side, man. That is something that, uh, 
just getting your eyes on different unique things. I think one of the, there's, there's a few photographers, especially if you start looking in like industrial photography, uh, some of the, you know, there, there's so many like of these like industrial photographers that like take pictures of tracks or like, you know, take pictures of like construction equipment, man, like seeing how stuff like rust in real life or seeing how things get wear in real life or how, you know, they get sun baked in real life. I do that has completely changed, you know, especially, you know, I came, you know, I was deep into miniature gaming, took a little sabbatical there and I had to go travel the nation for, uh, uh, for some oil field, industrial oil field work. And I'm just looking at these like sun baked stuff while I'm out there. And I'm like, that is how that should be painted. Like that is like, if I was going to paint that, that would have absolutely, and you just snap a picture with your phone real quick and put it in your, in your folders tiled, like, you know, weathering. <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay. Yeah, man. I got a huge, I got a huge Pinterest board. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like low key, like really hot on that all the time. I've been gathering stuff since like, even before miniature painting too. Like I used it a lot for like graphic works too. So, you know, just sampling everything and, you know, even taking pictures on my phone and putting it in my own folders and stuff like that. Cause you know, so like a little bit of a, a visual bank because you, you never know when that kind of stuff pops up and, or like, you know, you make a connection, you're thinking about, you know, your next project and, you know, Oh, wait a minute. I can recall that, you know, at the end of the day, like I always say like good art is good observation. So absolutely man absolutely uh so so speaking of good art right so <laughs> this can be a weird segue but it just made me think about aj and those boys <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh beautiful artists those, those, those boys are beautiful <laughs> so talk to me man so so are you is, or the bot GT boys, like what, what's the connection here? Like definitely, you know, this is a. Oh man, they, so they, they, they hold, they used to like, they held their like annual like bot GTs um, in Victoria and me, of course, like, you know, getting into the heresy and I finally like finally mustered three K points of thousand sons, my OG boys of Magnus. And uh, yeah, I went to Victoria and I was just like blown away. Cause like one, it was like my first ever, like, I, what do you call it? It was not a gaming convention, no, um, a gaming tournament thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it was like being in a room of like, there's like 40, 50 dudes all with their armies. I was like, wow, this is the most amount of Warhammer I've ever seen in my life. And right off the bat, like, we're putting out all their armies, you know, everyone's, you know, before the round starts, you put them all out. And I think I, I remember like John just coming over here and I didn't know him at the time. He's like, Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. And, and like right away, they're just like right off the bat. They're like so welcoming, like not just to me, to everyone there, but it's like the best vibes. I was like, Oh, thank God. This event's dope. It's not like a bunch of like, sweaty sweaty nerds and it's just like you know kind of like i don't want to be around these i don't want to be around this but i was like wow everyone was like super welcoming it really blew my expectations away and i was like you know what i'm so glad i came this is awesome i was just dead at the end of the two-day event but from then on like you know I, I told them of course like 
you know, we got chatting where I'm from and, you know, I was like, Hey, we, we have this, uh, you know, I'm here with my two, um, my three other buddies, no, two of, uh, two of my friends that came and we were, we were the only ones playing the heresy at the time because the spire just opened <laughs> and that was, uh, Chris McGinnis and, um, <clears throat> uh, Cam or Cameron. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, we came here and we're like, yeah, we're from the spire, you know, we have a little gaming club and, you know, and trying to attract more heresy players and, and uh, yeah, just from them, like we just kept really good tabs and you know, bouncing ideas back and forth. And they they'd come they'd come to Vancouver and like bring all the bring their heresy crew over with like a couple of boys, Victorian stuff, and you know, grab like an Airbnb and and just two days of more gaming. And yeah, it just kicked it off. And you know, it's it's been an amazing uh, it's been an amazing like friendship with those guys through through warhammer which is pretty awesome i'm so excited talking about like how much uh the the boys of golden throne like aj i'm so glad to hear about like how well they made your experience and like how happy they are but you know i bet aj's more happy than i'm happy and like in my head right now he's listening to this and he's in his robe with his comfortable shoes on and he's like drinking cocoa (laughs) like uh, like (laughs) on a balcony somewhere just like oh like is, thank you aj for for like it's like you you don't realize how uh how being that welcoming like because that could happen right you go to a you go to a event and everybody's just sweat nerds and you're like oh i never doing that again right versus like meeting like lifelong friends that you're like oh this is these are people i enjoy being around you know oh legit and who knows, man, who knows? Like, it's like if you would have gone to that event and it wouldn't have worked out and just like everybody was just sweaty and gross and just, you know, it's like, you know what? Never mind. I don't even want to paint anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go paint, you know, like infinity or battle tech, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll just, yeah, but I'll go back to graphics design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just paint part of this part time, but no, they just, they, they've been like a really big part of like, <laughs> the the enjoyment of the horse heresy and then you know just being welcome you know coming on the podcast and and even um allowing me to come twice over yeah it's been i went over twice already um running painting classes for those guys so i came over i did like a whole i believe it was like a whole airbrush in a vehicle um a vehicle and weathering one and then i did another like um, like a heresy, like infantry primer where it's like, Hey, let's, let's paint, let's get the infantry guys up to like tabletop standard and up higher, you know, lift the bar up, show them some stuff. And they're, they're super welcoming. And all those guys there that came out, it, it, it's definitely like, it's definitely a pleasure and an honor to, you know, to be invited over. And I got, you know, inviting them into my, in, into AJ's home too. He allowed me to stay there where he, uh, <laughs> infamously got blasted excellent oh <laughs> continue a- aj aj and john got lit and it was hilarious i remember going out there and they had um i forgot the person's name but he's from the states i know states is big 52 states i don't know which one um but they had like this whiskey casket little whiskey pour casket 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, drinking it to this. I think they're recording an episode on us there too. And they kept drinking it steadily, steadily. And they got so lit. I got a pic I got a picture of like John flat on the floor, <laughs> passed out in a coffin position. And AJ, and this was after the recording was all done and stuff. AJ was like trying to paint some stuff, getting ready. I forgot what it was like for I don't know what he's doing. He was he was airbrushing. And he passed out with the airbrush in his hand and he's just like hunched over on his chair and his ear, half of his earphones are off. I'll send you this photo I have of him. So I took pictures of those guys and I'm like, oh my God. The next day, AJ was like so apologetic. I'm so sorry. We just completely blacked out off of whiskey. And uh, I didn't really have any because I'm not, I'm not much of a drinker at all. Uh, I, I smoked the ganja. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, you know, I just got these two guys. I'm like, oh, no problem, man. I, I found your your wife was really kind. She brought me some blankets and stuff. And <laughs> you they had, they, they, had a guest, they had a guest bed downstairs in the otter den, and I just slept down there. But oh, it was too funny. I just I just crack up with those guys. Like, great. I'm surprised you didn't like classic sleepover. Like, pull the rug over you on the ground. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> no, man. John was on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Like you say, you say this stuff now, and you say it was a podcast. Was it a live stream? Do you know? Maybe I can't remember those details. I, the more the detail is more burned of them. Like AJ passed out with an airbrush in his hand I, in his chair. I feel like this was uh, one of the. Uh, Maybe it was a charity thing. It was. It was the. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh okay. God. Yeah, that's bringing back some memories. The Duchesne, the uh, for the uh, uh, oh for uh, the the DMD. Uh, oh my goodness, I can't believe I can't. I, every year I remember it's the fight. It's for the fight against Duchesne. It's run by uh, oh by Freddie the Swede, and it's like a twenty four hour like live like live cast marathon. And I remember. Uh, that year, I, I definitely like you said somebody brought a barrel of whiskey, like a little mini barrel. And I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. I was like, why do I remember this? <laughs> and why do I remember? Uh, why do I remember, uh, AJ going to sleep like that? Now I'm pretty sure this was, uh, one of the DMD casts that, oh, yeah, for, for Freddie, man. <laughs> yeah. On, on, on special occasions, I, I dropped that, I dropped that photo I took of AJ. For that night, it's pretty funny. It's a good one. I'm so glad I took it. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, man. We, yeah. I was so fortunate to uh, get to hang out with them uh, during uh, Heresy Camp. Man, they were just like, just excellent people to be around. Man, just oh, yeah. excellent energy. Just beautiful faces, just all yeah. around. Yeah, totally. Exactly like what. <laughs> at the end of the day, like what to me like what war gaming is really all about is just you know really having a good time and having fun with everyone around and you know share share a few laughs roll some dice you know you can get stuck into the immersion and you know you know get get your heresy fixed and stuff like that but you know always pulling it back to you know making sure everyone's got a good time so definitely dude definitely i did want to go ahead and like circle back to like definitely you know people know about the pro palette now like they definitely know about your painting services kind of where you come from but you had mentioned the spire and me and you talked about the spire a little bit uh before the cast but i kind of wanted to like ask more questions you know now during the cast like yeah 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 
What what is Aspire, man? Because like I think you know, like what is Aspire? First off, the Aspire is the uh, the the original idea between um, Trevor Jones and Chris Matthews um, to open up a gaming club, and they let me in on it. So we were having, I think we were having, um, we were having drinks one night. <laughs> I wasn't drinking much anyway, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, and they told me about that because. In Vancouver, you know, I have a place to play. So it's a gaming club. And, <laughs> excuse me, and I help run it. Um, it's in, uh, our original location was in the uh, the beautiful, colorful part of downtown Chinatown on Hastings and Pryor. <laughs> Sorry. Is there is there something, is, is uh, Chinatown and Hastings and Pryor, is it a... Uh... Is it sketch or what? Is <laughs> oh, it's sketch, but it's it was cheap. Of, it's it my side of cheap. town, <laughs> and it was a cheap part of town, and we need to get there. But it was in Chinatown. I grew up in Chinatown all my childhood, so you know, I knew I knew the area. So you had protection. Was... You had protection. <laughs> you had the 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 local groups protecting your shop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something like that. But uh, we've moved up since uh, into um, we moved up Main Street into uh, Main and Twenty Eight there, so a lot nice, well, really nice, uh, much nicer neighborhood. Good restaurants, you know, you got everything, all the amenities you need for a gaming store. Across the street is a uh, liquor store. Nice. Just to the left of it is McDonald's. Oh yes, up de- up t- uh, just up the street, two blocks is a twenty four hour bakery. And then um, when you have your bakery, you can go downstairs to the right and you can get baked with a really good dispensary. Nice. So, I mean, got all the bases covered and a ton of food. All everything within walking distance. Like, <laughs> yeah, everything from like sushi, Malaysian, Chinese, um, and, uh, you know, just classic bar food and stuff like that. So it, it's a really great, it's a really great location. So we, we just operate as like a members only gaming club. We just have... Um, four large tables you can play everything there and our members pretty much have uh pseudo 24 7 access or they can play so their heart's content and leave whenever heck we even hosted a couple of bachelor parties that's what i'm talking about guys, guys wanted to you know <laughs> game all day i'm like yeah sure rented out to you so you know um and with like uh you know we have uh we have several trusted and responsible key holders to uh you know help govern and let people in and it's also where my studio is at so i man it there during the day i'm pretty much there five sometimes six days a week painting letting people in and uh you know the odd time i get to you know slip in a game of heresy once in a while <laughs> so but yeah you know um it, it's a it's an awesome treat to have and we have like a, a really good uh close-knit um discord community that are all members or um players so you know some people you know take breaks and that's fine but uh other than that it's stocked with a full mini fridge the only requirement is that if you take a beer you put a beer in same thing easy i love it man that that's so cool to me it's it's kind of one of those things where like you know we we've all kind of talked about how awesome it would be to just like you know, have a kind of like self-run like actual gaming club. You'd mentioned like in the UK, that's kind of what they were doing. It was kind of a growing scene. I haven't seen it so much in the U S and I think, you know, I think there's, 
the gaming scene is just getting old enough in the U.S. to where that's becoming possible, where you just have like, you know, hey, get 20, you know, 20, 15 guys together, all put in for this, uh, you know, this four table, like, office space right especially now that you know covid and wiped out all the offices like you know get them yeah get that commercial real estate (laughs) (laughs) go ahead and take advantage of that commercial real estate you know tanking and uh you know just like you know rfid it it, i had mentioned you know we had something very similar we had an office that we had rented out in in my victoria but victoria texas uh and we you know, it was an RFID card. Everybody kind of had one that was, that was part of the group and we'd go scan it, go upstairs. But, you know, ours was like a single table in like a, uh, like, (laughs) you know, I want to say this is like a 15 by 15 room. (laughs) Like it was just like a single table. We had a closet with all of our terrain and we were just like playing there as, you know, me and the TFL guys. And, but like expanding to like that level where it's like, you know, you got four tables, you could walk in there and just like go hang out, maybe find people catch people playing a game or something like that. I dude, I, I think that is such a cool, cool idea and, and definitely like just a, you know, cause there's times where it's like, Hey man, I want to get a game in, but it's 10 o'clock. I know I'm not going to be able to get this game in, you know, at the local gaming store. Cause you know, they close at one or they close at midnight you know, but you know, I will game until two or three in the morning, just like the good old days when you're in, you yeah. know, high school, man. High school summer break, you know. Oh, totally. It's honestly, you know, the part of the reason why we did it was well, one, we didn't have our friends um like basement at his parents' house. This is way back when I was like a teenager. Oh yeah. To play games, right? And we could play as late as we want. And I never you know there was like we had one shop and you know i'll give it it was like a good treasure back in the day called the comic shop on fourth and arbutus and that was like the first gaming store i actually went to when i was young but you know being older now you know you're in your 30s and i'm like we all looked at each other you know we looked at us three we're like i don't want to play in a store (laughs) you know i want to i want to be able to like i want to be able to smoke you know or like hey i want to be you know i want to come in like kind of a little bit blasted you know you know, take the edge off kind of thing and then you don't have to like you know you don't have to worry about you know retail you know am i bothering the bothering the shop keeps you know customer experience you know or there's product around you all the time or you know shoppers coming in saying what's that and you know and you just want to be able to like yeah even you know for you know guys to be able to crack a beer and just play some games and you know you know I feel it. the occasional profanity. Yeah, dude, I a hundred percent. So it's like a hundred percent. And like, and it's not that it's not huge to do. It just, it just takes, honestly, it just, you just got to do it. So that was my <laughs> thing. Like the amount of people that says like, Oh, we could do that. Like we've had, we've had like a cut, like the odd, like really, really like we've only had like one or two ever. We were like, you know, we're just complaining about, like, Oh, you guys are doing memberships, blah, blah, blah. Why are you guys charging for this? And I was like, yeah, there's the door. <laughs> exactly. So you're not going to get my business. I'm like, that's fine. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't have to worry but, about this. We could afford this without you guys. So. <laughs> yeah. but, but but for most people, it's just like, just do it. And like, yeah, like that was like the big thing when um, uh, my, my friends, uh, Trevor and Chris, told me about the idea. 
the next day in the morning i like sent out to them like through text i'm like here's 10 listings <laughs> let's, let's find the spot i'm like let's just do it like you know most people are just gonna both talk about it you know don't don't just talk about it and that was like our thing also that we weren't allowed to tell anyone else like the rest of our friends who play games we weren't going to say hey we're looking to open up like a, a, a gaming club and that was like that was our only thing we're like we're not allowed to say to people that we're going to do it only until we actually pull the trigger get the lease then tell people absolutely it'll, it'll, it'll get you to do it instead of just doing all this like wishful thinking it was like nah you know I'm not, i don't want about that i want some action i want, <laughs> I want to see i want to see something develop and it, it's it's been the best it's been the best experience in, in in gaming that i've ever had just be able to have the spire and like the amount of friends i've made through here now which is nuts like that that not just the heresy community like it's it's blown up especially with the new edition that came out and like all these new players are coming in here i'm meeting so many cool new people but like we have a ton of games and actually we're like half of the spires known for playing all of the specialist obscure games yeah we were like we were really <laughs> like originally we were all into um we all met each other because we we played necromunda back in the day so we were like big into necromunda and then guys coming in playing necro we got like battlefleet gotha going out we play epic um we did have like some gork morka going on for a little bit we have like a blood bowl league that comes in we got heresy and then there's like 40k guys that come in here (laughs) (laughs) you know they 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 have their stuff not sorry not to rag them they're good members too but then we even have like a group of like i call it like like not the official name but like a quote-unquote like i call it the dad's league because there's like a bunch of dads that come in on tuesday night and they all play kill team oh and i think it's, i think that's so cool i'm like yo you guys are legit <laughs> like hey you guys need a little bit of a break here's a little bit of an escape you know out of your out of your week you know out of being a dad father and you know kick it back with the, these other guys and I think that's really cool. So you get all these little subgroups and I'm just like, I get a taste of each of them too. Cause I get to know them since I'm mostly there working. So I get to know all these faces and I don't know, it's been a blast. So definitely dude. There's, there's a huge difference between like the way you got to act in like a shop, like an actual, like, you know, retailer versus the way you can act in like a, like a hangout with your friends. Like it's like a huge difference. So like, being able to go to a place like that where it's like, I'm a club member. I'm going to act like, you know, the way that I would could normally act, you know, I'm going to say the things I want to say around my friends, my grown friends, you know, (laughs) absolutely, man. That is such a freaking cool idea, man. Just the spire, the spire. Do you have a website or like, is there like a, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we got a small, we got a small website. It's uh, the spiregames.com. It's mainly our portal for our members to purchase their memberships. Plug, plug. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I would. Like, if I was anywhere <laughs> near you guys, I'd have a membership today. Are you kidding me? Like, Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, um, yeah, then we also have, like, the Spire Discord, which is the links on the website. We have a Facebook page, but none of us ever check it. <laughs> just being real. Yeah, we're like, eh, you know, just, just let you guys know there's no real updates on there. I mean, but at the same time, we're like, we're not into you know being loud you know we don't need a million members all we want is the right members the guys who like want to vibe out and like you know get involved with a really cool tight-knit community that wants to play games 
Yeah, you're so. building their community. I get it, man. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get it, and I love it. <laughs> just, I'm going to take that idea, and you know, we'll we'll have our own Spire, Texas. Like, don't you worry. Yeah. Like, it's 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 on its way. <laughs> but uh, we are we are rounding out an hour now. Like me, we've just I've gotten lost in your eyes. So uh, I do want to just just circle all the way back around. I want you to go ahead and plug the pro palette, let everybody know what you offer and just, you know, just one more time. So, so everybody gets why we have you on this podcast, right? Oh, thanks. Yeah. So if you want to be a member or uh, even just uh, check out some of the free videos that I have on YouTube there, you can go to bbminiatures.com under the website. You're looking under the pro palette. Um, I also write articles on there too. So I have painting articles through the miniature palette, which is a little, my, creative writing, more of like artist mindset stuff that you guys can read, as well as my daily, my weekly blog that I put on there about a lot of my works uh, called From the Desk. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, BB Miniatures, as well as uh, the same name for YouTube and Facebook. Oh, I snagged it all. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, if you want to if you want to be a member or you got a question about it, you know, feel free to uh, shoot me a message um, through IG. Um, I can always, uh, you know, let you know more about if you have any other questions onto there. Um, there's also, there's memberships both for monthly and uh, a little bonus, a uh, little bonus if you uh, do a yearly. It's just a couple of months off free for, you know, pledging yourself for an entire year. Faith in my teachings. <laughs> really appreciate it. Um, I think that's it. Oh, and, you know, and if you want to, um, if you really, uh, if you want to support me a little bit more and you also love scale 75 paints or you want to paint with scale 75 paints, um, I have a discount code you guys can use. It's uh, BB miniatures 10. You can just use that at checkout you get 10% off on their website and it's good for everything on there. So, you know, everything from paints to their miniature line, their book publications, whatever you want in your cart. Bam. And I just ordered a bunch of scale 75 paints. Like, dude, what am I doing, man? Oh no. Oh, it's, oh, it's okay. <laughs> no, but definitely appreciate you being on, man. I, 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 I just want everybody to know. It's kind of one of those things where, uh, I totally went into your painting program. Like, like, incognito right it was just like <laughs> like i there was like no like oh this is you know this is your podcast or anything like that just like no he was like i'm going in like i'm gonna go learn what i can and i got so much more out of it than like any other program i've been into and like just your feedback you being as like and just seeing the way you interact with everybody like if i had to rate your program it would be five out of five and that's Oh, man. honest that's not you being in front of me on this podcast like i would not have you on this podcast if like it was not it would just be like cool thanks man and then just like leave the program <laughs> like you're just like oh this is neat no it is i, I i'm gonna be there I for a while i just got a notification <laughs> so subscription canceled <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's no, man. Like, much love man i really feel that joe thank you so you you have my endorsement 100 percent, man I, I definitely appreciate you being on i definitely appreciate you talking to everybody and uh I hope you guys out there listening, if you want to, you know, take your, your painting level to the next level, I, I would definitely suggest going to go check out the pro palette and, uh, 
and just step that game up. You know, even even if you th- just want some fundamentals, it's it's one of those things where just this is going to enhance that painting because I'm telling you, it is the top of YouTube is the bottom of the pro palette. And then uh-huh. it is so much further than that at that point. So, yeah. yeah. Also, oh yeah, I forgot to plug in. If yeah, any listeners want to try out the pro palette and, you know, see if it's a good swing for you, you guys can also use a little uh, promo code for you guys. If you put in the, uh, the words turning pro RFI, um, they'll give you 50% off the the first month for you guys to try out. So you can see if it's, uh, you know, see if I'm the right fit for you guys. So that's so, that's so hot. <laughs> Thank you yeah, for that man. so much, man. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so it was nice talking to you, man. And uh, hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. Much love, man. Thanks for having me on here.